Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 45 of the Yorkshire Gamers Arete Big War Games podcast. And uh, very shortly we'll be going over to speak to Mark Hydes uh, about everything wargaming. We're going proper old school. Uh, Mark lives down in South Yorkshire and uh, we've had a lot of growing up in the same area uh, with the same people. So a bit of nostalgia in this episode, is that a bad thing? I don't think it is. So we'll be talking about Vikings in Barnsley. We'll be talking about threads, both the Mark Zuckerberg and the uh, Sheffield nuclear explosion version of threads and uh, Mark's painting and his history in the hobby. And uh, it is a a great old chat between uh, two people of a similar age and a similar mindset. So uh, look forward to that. Before we do, uh, the usual bit of housekeeping, I have now got all my guests uh, sorted out between now and Christmas, and I'm just in the process of working out who's going to go where and uh, which episode is going to be released around about what date. So there's a bit of planning on going on with that at the moment. I have definitely secured a visit to ProArt, so we're just working out a date for that. So that show is going to be coming up, something I've promised I would do for quite a long time now. So uh, looking forward to doing that. The next show is going to be the Summer Brews in a Binyard with my good mates Sean Clark and Alex Sutherland. So, as you know, a big part of that show is audience participation so i'm looking for questions looking for questions for our ask our nora section at the end of the podcast so if you've got anything you'd like to ask us three be it war games related or whatever you want to ask us we will uh, attempt to answer it during the course of that podcast so you'll notice some stuff on my social media uh, over the next uh, couple of days or so asking for questions or you can send a question direct to me at uh, yorkshiregamer at gmail.com and uh, I'm pretty sure it will be included on the show so uh, give us give us your questions and I can't promise that we'll give you a sensible answer but you'll get an answer so on to today's episode with Mark Hydes and um, unfortunately again I have had some technical issues with this program and for some reason the uh, program that I use has deleted a big chunk of the final section so um, the chat about Mark's book is cut short and the chat about his painting uh professional painting with his company conflict of in color has also sadly been deleted by the gremlins in the internet so uh i hereby promise that mark will uh, come back on the show and talk about conflict in color at a later stage and i'll make sure that um we have links to conflict in color uh, etc through the show notes in the various places that this is located it was a massive shame because we we had a load of problems and we we had to keep to him back and forwards and and switching off and switching back on again. And I thought I'd captured all of it. Uh, But sadly, the first three sections uh, as normal are absolutely fine. But a big chunk and a little chunk again at the end uh, have disappeared. So my apologies for that. But I thought 
I don't want to delay this anymore. I certainly don't want to scrap it. So I'm putting it out there, and then we'll have Mark back on on the next catch-up episode. So sit back. It's a long one again. And, um, it's great fun chatting with Mark. He's, uh, he's a really nice guy. Got some opinions, but we're in Yorkshire, lad. Get used to it. So get yourself a cup of tea, sit back and relax. And without further ado, here's an interview. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the interview section of episode 45 of the Yorkshire Gamer podcast. And uh, we are in Yorkshire, God's own county, once again, after we were in Sheffield with Pete Berry last episode. We've stayed just in the same area. We've not gone very far at all. In fact, we've probably just done a bus ride uh, down to my next guest. And uh, he spent a lifetime in gaming and has had many uh, different parts of the hobby over the years that we're going to chat about today. From writing books and blogs about the hobby to running local game stores, he even has his own range of figures called Satanic Panic. They're strictly on the weird side of weird shit. If that wasn't enough, he's a thriving professional painting service called Conflict in Cover. And he's also been on that there telly in a programme about models. So a link to autograph photographs will be available at the end of the show. Uh, be warned, we're likely to go all misty-eyed about favourite war game shows like Triples. And I know my guest was heavily involved in that over the years. So let's give a big Yorkshire welcome to my latest guest, Mark Hines. Hello, Mark. Hello, Ken, and uh, hello to all of you. And, uh, you know, far be it for me to uh, say it, but hey, up, how's they doing? Hey. Sorry, I had to fit that in, Ken, you know. Professional Yorkshireman. We'll do, we'll do subtitles for... Uh, the, the Americans, it's same language but different different versions. Where, of the where language, is this America of where you speak? Is this near the other place? <laughs> it's past the other place and beyond. Oh, Liverpool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's me. That's me X-rated once again. Oh well, that's what, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping for, mate. Yeah. Uh, have you done anything like this before? Absolutely not. No, I've appeared in front of cameras. I've you yeah. know I've, I've posed in front of press photographers and rubbish like that but uh never never done this so bear with me and an, unde- an in-depth interview yeah with an in-depth idiot <laughs> but before we get going with that um we have our four minute challenge yeah and uh, that's just a chance for you to uh, give us a bit of a summary of your background in gaming and we're going to go into a lot more detail on various topics as we go along during the course of the, the chat. But it's just a, a, a chance for you to uh, get the highlights in so that we don't miss anything during the course of the uh, the rest of the interview. So uh, are, you, are you all ready, mate? Start the clock. We're off. Right. Um, I started when I was about 12 years old, so that would be about 1981. Um, I've probably seen a few things before. Uh, Sean McLaughlin of the Bunker uh, and some of his friends were on one of the Yorkshire channels um, showing an old, you know, 172nd scale Street Riot game, which kind of caught me, boy. caught me eye. And then about oh, probably a year or so, a couple of years later, uh, we had a, we, I mean, we had in Sheffield, we had several game shops. We had Beatties, multi-story uh, toy shop called Red Gates, uh, Hopkins Models, uh, New Model Soldier Shop. Then we got a Games Workshop. We got one of the early mm. Games Workshops. Long story short, went in there, 
looked at things. Back then, it wasn't just fantasy. Shortly after that, met a guy called Steve Roberts, who was the chairman of Sheffield War Games Society, who, I mean, you know, let, let it be said, I owe that man a debt. Uh, it got mm. it got me into a hobby that, you know, 45 years later, I'm still here. Pete Berry came in to be manager of Games Workshop shortly after they opened. So I made Pete Berry's life an absolute misery. <laughs> an abs- I, I promise you, an absolute misery, um, along with a, a load of others, uh, you know, known as the yeah. Limpets. Um <laughs> Played everything. Uh, I gamed four and five nights a week at, at organised clubs in Sheffield. I was all over the place. I was like, I was like a dose of hepatitis. Nobody could get rid of me, um, <laughs> and I kept coming back. Gamed everything you, you know, everything you can imagine: historical, mm. fantasy, role playing, you name it. If you could roll dice or you know shout yes, I played it. You're in. Um, taught myself to paint, but with the caveat that I had one of the first Games Workshop painters, a guy called Pete Armstrong, who's sadly no longer with us. I could talk for hours about Pete, a fantastic bloke. Um, died about four or five years ago now. And a guy called Andy Ritson, who's still alive, but now works in mm. computer games. Two of the finest painters that very few people have heard of, very well respected locally, very well respected nationally, but kind of not not known at the same time. Uh, picked up off them, entered the first, my first few competitions, Crossed swords with the late Ian Smith, who, when I won my first competition, basically said of me, well, that makes you Yorkshire's best horse painter. Uh, <laughs> high, high praise indeed. For, high praise for indeed, high praise yeah. Indeed. Went on, gamed, 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 gamed. Met my wife, uh, came out of a bad relationship, met my wife, um, got married, um, went to work for Chris Harvey Games. Uh, again, no longer with us he was one of the big well he's with us but the company's not uh one of the big importers of games into the uk from you know the us and europe ran dungeons and starships until um the parent company went bust and then totally underfunded with 500 quid in my pocket i took it over and ran it for about another four years um that all went down i kind of went down with it in every way possible mentally etc it's one of the you know it's the hobby they always say if you want to make a million in war gaming invest two million well, you know, no. they do that. Came out, went into civil service, carried on gaming, slowly built up, you know, my interest again. I'd lost a lot of interest after Dungeons and Starships. And really beyond that, it was just a case of carrying on war gaming and 10 years ago, getting to where I am now, starting up figure painting, walking out of the civil service um, and just going on from there. But it's just been games, games, games. There's too much to fit into four minutes. Well done, mate. Well done. Oh, oof. whoa! Oof. Three minutes, three minutes fifty. Excellent. Oh, I, I have ten, oh, ten, yeah. ten, ten seconds of me, me, me left. <laughs> get a quick sup of me tea. Uh, well, it's not easy. It's not easy to get four minutes in because I think I think we're the same age. I'm in my mid fifties. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we're looking I at about. To... I'm looking at about 11, 11 and a quarter years per minute. Yeah. Quick. So working it out. Not easy. Not it's easy not, no. at all. I, at all. I thought well, I could walk that, but I've proved myself wrong. <laughs> well, there we go. There's, there's plenty of time to expand on that from there. Um, so, um, where do you get your gaming fix at the moment? Then you've got a setup at home. Haven't yeah, you? I mean, basically, I I parted ways with Sheffield War Game Society about seven years ago now, six seven years ago, uh, for one reason or another, um, and. We, we got to COVID. I've always been one of these people, like everybody else. I always thought I'd got to game 
you know, everything that was going. Yeah. So I got piles of lead. Now, if you can imagine, I'm painting 50 hours a week professionally now, or since since 2011. Um, I get to a weekend, I don't want to paint, but I want to game. Yeah. So when when we got hit by the, the great creeping lurgy in uh, 2020, unlike most people, I wasn't kind of locked down and sent home from work. I was locked down and sent to work, you know, <laughs> get thee to the studio and do some work, lad. And yeah. uh, so I just, like everybody else, there were no shows. I masked up my gaming fund. I'm, I'm, I have 10 months of, a year where I, I stash money away for gaming. And then I have, I have two, two months of downtime, November and December, and I pay for Christmas. It's, a, it's just one of these things. It's how I do it. It means I don't go into it red. And I keep all my family happy because they all get presents. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to boxes of lead with, I thought you'd like these. Love, Dad. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, and to be honest with you, we'd, we'd, got, uh, we'd got a builder who'd come to do some work and you know change all the back garden, just like a lot of people did. Focus went to the garden. Uh, long story short, he asked me what I was doing with this old knackered garage I'd got. Uh, and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to knock it down and build a, build a games room, you know, but I've just, you know, it's 1,400 quid a square metre, you know, for, a, for, <laughs> for railway sleepers, and it's quite, it's quite a big garage. So um, he basically turned around and said, let, let me have a look. So he went in, and he, he went through, we had a, a glazed unit put in when we moved into this house, but it was literally a 1960s rebar concrete garage, you know, 40 mil thick yeah. concrete walls. No roof on it. We've got a front door to make it look pretty. No roof. And we'd just been throwing clutter in like you do. You know, we've moved house, moved to a smaller house, clutter. He went in, climbed across the clutter, dislodged Lord Lucan, uh, who apparently had been there some years. And uh, <laughs> he's not now, he's in a landfill. And, Is he? <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with me, I assure you. And basically <laughs> came out and, and gave me a ridiculously low quote and said, I can turn, I can turn this garage into a... Uh, you know, a game, a, a gaming room. He didn't even know what to call it. He says, somewhere that you play with your little toy men. You know, toy, yeah. toy men, little lead dollies, <laughs> little lead dollies, sir, you know, surely. Uh, and sure enough, five weeks later, I'd got this, you know, quite com wow. comfortably sized gaming room, you know, fully lit, yeah. heated, you know, everything done based on this old 1960s four concrete walls. Yeah, so it's one of these things. I kind of looked around then at what I wanted to do and thought, right, I've got space now to play decent sized games you know 12 mm. 12 foot games you can do quite a lot with 12 foot and it was one of these things it, it was almost like a an epiphany i thought right instead of building up you know traditional three and four hundred piece armies um not so much pointed armies but you know club-sized armies um i thought right now what do you really want to play and what do you think you want to play and i just i threw money at it left right and center for the entirety of COVID, um, found a really nice chap who paints who finds it hilarious that I paint for a living but don't paint my own stuff. Um, I, I find that funny as well. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's the old church and state thing, you know, never the two shall meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know whether I'm state or church these days. Um, but but uh, again, long story short, two and a half years, three years down the line, I've got to where I've got three or four periods that I really want to play. A few have mm. come and a few have gone, I'll be honest with you. You know, I mean, the English Civil War's seen three iterations and now it's finally gone because, you know, for reasons I won't go into, but we just said, no, we're done with ECW. I've played it all my life. Uh, lots of pike and shot. Um, and I've kind of now, I've, I've kind of done the same thing again, gone back mid last year and gone, right, okay, 
you've proved you can do it. You've proved you can get the lead. You've proved you can get it painted, more importantly. Yeah, and you've got yeah. the space. What are the armies you always wanted as a kid? What were the armies that inspired you that you could either, A, at 14-year-old, not afford, yeah. B, at 50-year-old, well, 55-year-old now, look at and think, I'm not, you know, I'm not painting that. <laughs> I am not painting, that is not happening. Uh, and sure enough, uh, 900, 900 Dixon's Early Samurai. Which, oh, no, there's an army. There's it an will army. be, it will be, because it doesn't, it, I mean, you, you know, you think 900 doesn't sound like a lot, but they're essentially 900 individual figures. And, yeah. you know, my my chap that's doing the figure painting, my chap, uh, the chap that's doing my figure painting um, is apparently really looking forward to it because because he doesn't do it for a living, he enjoys it. I look at a pile of 900 samurai and I weep blood, absolutely weep tears of blood. Um, and it's... I, I tried. I tried samurai once, and I think I managed thirty figures, and I, I, I got rid of them. It's yeah, one of the it's... very few armies I've got rid of because they're, they're they're not a pleasure to paint. It's a bit like folk dancing. You try it once, and then find out it's not for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, uh, that's another story. I cut that one short. There's, there's, there's another part to that, but I won't use that on the air. No, not in these days. Anyway, you can get cancelled for saying that. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah so uh, going back to it, yeah, I've kind of looked at things and thought, right, what would I really want to do? And then I've also gone back and thought, right, what are the things that I did when I was, you know, when I was a kid that I wanted to do, mm. you know, larger? And here's where we're going to hit what you call weird shit. <laughs> uh, and it is. Yeah. The, late, the latest project is, I think, I think this year alone, I think I've hit 3,000 figures either done or being done now. Uh, it's fantasy. There we go. Fantasy. I've used the F word. I've F-bombed on, on Ken's, yeah. Ken's podcast. <laughs> yes. I, I'm so sorry. I've been, I, I've, been reading through, I've been reading through your blog, mate, and Ooh. I've seen the growth yeah. of your fantasy. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, is he going to mention it? Is he going to mention I, it? Am I going to mention it? Um, look, you, you, you build walls to break them down, right? You, build, you, yeah, you, do. you put up you light do. towers, you knock them down. I'm knocking this one down. So all yeah. those people out there that are nothing but historical, I'm sorry. And all those people out there that like fantasy, nah, you know, you just you're all gamers. But but, but I mean, but seriously, it's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to break. I'm, I paint so much historical stuff, and I've done so much historical. I thought, right, you know, you own a fantasy figure company. I own none of my own figures. I don't own a single figure. I still go and buy other people's figures. Mm. You know, talk about idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I pay three times three times what it costs me to produce them, and I, I buy somebody else's. Um, but yeah. it's it's been. It's been an interesting project because I've stayed well away from all the big names, you know, the the Warhammers, the stuff like that. Um, I've tried to write a set of rules that's designed, funnily enough, for big games. And, you know, I think I've got it down to about 12 pages, including all the usual fantasy guff, you know, you need yeah. blokes with balls and chains, <laughs> Fingal's, gold, Fingal's Golden Bucket. You know, yeah. uh, and all you know, all that rubbish. I've had to put the magic and stuff like that in, which I know it probably bores a lot of people. But rules writing is like anything else. You're trying to get, you know, a result out of as few pages as possible, uh, with as few explanations as possible, and as many figures as I can on the table. Fingers crossed, mm. it'll work. And if the mechanisms work for that, then I can make them work for Pike and Shot, which brings me firmly back to historical. It'll work. Yeah. It should work for, you know, the medieval Japanese. But if you like, yeah. I've, I've started at the extreme end and then come back to historical. And actually, it's done me good yeah. because I'm actually starting to see now other things I've could, you know, I could have done with my historical. That's, you know, that's been written down, noted, and that'll be adapted back in once I get this 
this foul pestilence out of my system and become a fired up standing historical <laughs> history book reading member of society oh, again. I, I, exactly, exactly. We, we all wander from the path. We all yeah, it's, the, the unfortunate thing is all my life I've walked kind of both paths. It's, you know, you, But every so often the two paths diverge and I end up, you know, looking like Nureyev doing the splits, you know, because one leg wants to go down one path and one leg wants to go down the I other. Think, I think the th yeah, I think the yeah. thing with fantasy for me is, and I, I have I have played a bit of fantasy, but um, Lord of the Rings fantasy, which I always kind of think sits somewhere between fantasy and history because it was such a massive part of my youth, those books. Um, and I've still got a huge Riders of Rohan army underneath the, the table here that never sees the light of day. Um, so when you've gone into this period or this... Um, new fantasy army what sort of um universe have you set it in is it Absol in a Tolkien like yeah or how have you done it yeah right okay absolutely in in reality no universe it's the markiverse um markiverse right <laughs> a bit like you ken I, I cut me i cut my teeth on you know lord of the rings and stuff like that um and some really dodgy fantasy films in the 80s um <laughs> The one, the one thing that's destroyed fantasy is regulating it too much. Now, you know, when I grew up, I, I saw games at, at shows that they weren't, they weren't kind of, you know, they weren't building up, they weren't armies built from books with, you know, one race of one and one race of another. They were absolutely massive evil versus good. So yeah. anything evil went on one side and you justified why it was there. Everything good went on the other side and you justified why it was there. And anything that fell in between, you took off your shelves and used as you saw fit. And so the universe I've got is one where it's kind of evolving into there's definitely good and there's definitely evil. And it's it's allowing me to to buy whatever I want to buy from the last 45, 50 years um, yeah. and justify why it's there. Now, the fun's going to come. Uh, you know, when I start writing little biographies for every unit, you know, there's I've bought <laughs> I've bought thirty Vikings. So what will these thirty Vikings be? I've bought, you know, I've bought these, and it's 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 going to be interesting because it's going to actually draw quite a lot on me interest in historical gaming. The only rule that I have laid down is that there's absolutely no there's no gunpowder in there. Gunpowder is out. End of. Uh, I think that ruined fantasy and. Not taking it too seriously. I mean, it sounds like I'm being terribly serious about it, but actually, no, it's about going back and finding finding the things that drew me into the hobby. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the way I'm going to go with my historical. I'm going to go back to basics and kind of underthink it. You know, everything now is over. It's all overthinking. Everything's got to be, you know, justified and shiny and, and mm. state-of-the-art. No, sometimes the old stuff works. You know, sometimes throw a dice, and if it's a six, you've, you, you remove a figure it can work if it's done properly i think I, yeah i think a lot of people um i think like you say a lot of people can overcomplicate fantasy and one of the joys of it was being able to do whatever you wanted with it um and i'm not going to mention any names here because um it might upset somebody but <laughs> i remember a friend of mine um got um what he what he termed as an eagle for lord of the rings and um it was some taxidermied model that he got from an antique shop that was some sort of fucking sparrow or something. that's that's freeform now to me if he'd have said an eagle i'd have brought a space 1999 transporter on and really yeah. messed with people's heads um but then again that's how twisted i am 
Um, but no, it's it's like you say, it's it's the freedom to do what you want, you know, and you're not yeah. you're not button counting, you're not stitch counting, you're not looking at whether that facing's right, you know, is that shade of red right for eighteen fourteen or is that eighteen thirteen? And it's just nice. And again, for me, particularly again with what I do, because I'm looking at colour and uniform guides and all the time, just to be able to at a weekend pick something up that's not related to what I do for a living for a while. And walk away from it, and just totally indulge myself until I'm, you know, until I'm thoroughly sick of it. So I've, uh, yeah, I've noticed, I've no, I've noticed you've been going Ralph Parther and Essex and stuff like that. So you've really been. Have you have you managed to get all that stuff sort of new or not painted, or have you bought stuff that's been painted and you're kind of renovating? Right, it's like? it's been, it's it's been a bit of both. Um, Essex, obviously, Essex miniatures have been around since you know. Since, oh, yeah, since, since Noah beached the Ark. Um, <laughs> but the figures still hold up. They're, they're one of those figures, yeah. Essex Miniatures, uh, and I'll, I'll speak of the 25mm because the 15 are a different a different creature. Mm. But the the 25 stroke 28mm for all the new kids, um, yeah. the figures look slightly odd. When you buy them, they look slightly oddly posed, and the faces look a little bit elongated, very stylized. But the minute you put paint on them to even a mildly competent standard and you start to put them into units, you see um, how Essex miniatures work. And it was the same with, obviously, with, with you know, Pete Gilder's Connoisseur range. It was the same with yeah. Hinchcliffe, the same with Pete Morby's Elite. It's, it's, there's a lot you can do with the figures. And the older figures, to me, have got a lot more character. It's not... It's not some holy crusade I'm on, you know, to say older is better. Uh, you know, I'm not one of these that's going out saying, look, I've got 40,000 old figures and they're all, they've all got lead rot, but they're original. Um, mm. It's about, it's more about the design, the look and the vibes that I got, you know, when I was a kid. Vibes, is that still a word? Um, yeah, it is, right. it is here, man. That's all right then. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know the, if you like, the thrill I got as a kid, finding this hobby and seeing these figures, and those figures back then were cutting edge, you know. Yeah. Uh, Essex were really above everybody else. Uh, d ditto with Ralph Parther. Ralph Parther Historicals, fantastic historical range. Sadly, they don't mix with anything else because they are true 25. But this, in, in terms of design, they stand up to anything you can see today. And they're not, they've not got that. To me, modern figures have got like a, an almost a sterility to them, particularly plastics. While I like plastics, everything's, you know, sometimes that little bit of mismolding you got on an old figure could be turned into a feature. It could be turned into yeah. a boil, you know, a saw, you know. Again, <laughs> yeah. nasty touch of the Peter Gilders there. Um, you know, you could turn something negative into a positive. And I'm kind of refinding that joy because some of these models that I'm getting, you know, I can pick them up cheap on a, a certain auction site or friends, or friends have got them or, you know, sometimes I'll go straight to the manufacturer like Essex and buy them. I'm buying left, right and centre. Ditto with me historical. Um and what I'm getting from it is a lot of that, a lot of that initial sparkle that I got, you know, 12, 12 13 years old, you know, when I first learned to really paint. Um, I'm getting that sparkle again, so it's very, very refreshing. It's keeping me, it's keeping me mentally young, if you know what I mean. It's keeping, it's keeping yeah. me engaged with the hobby by going backwards and not. Uh, yeah. When I, when I spoke to when I spoke to Pete Morby at Elite, he's still got that fire and that energy and he's yeah. really he's quite a quiet quiet bloke is pete i don't know if you know him I've, yeah I do, um, yeah 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 he's quite a quiet bloke and i was quite surprised when he agreed to do the interview um but that enthusiasm he has and, and he was describing to me how he plans a unit 
no, he doesn't plan the like a that figure. He plans yeah. how the unit's going to look, and then he builds the figures to make that unit. And it, it, it is. I still look at some of those old classics, some of the stuff that Doug Mason has done with um, conversions and stuff, and it's just it's still amazing. It's it is. still fantastic compared to not a massive fan of computer design figures. They just lack a soul. Don't 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 go down that road. That road is the road to perdition. I could rant for hours. No, no, no. Not happening. Um, but, yeah, I mean, an interesting aside is, you're saying Pete Morby's yeah. quiet. I've actually, um, in the 90s, late 90s, early early 2000s, I used to do airsoft where, you, you know, you, you dress up in camouflage. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Pete Morby went to a couple of do's, a couple of events, didn't know Did he was he? turning up. And I'm sat in a trench with Pete Morby, and we're taking incoming fire. I fought with oh, Pete Morby. You fought um, with Pete Morby? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, 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 it's quiet, but he can't half deliver. Um, <laughs> I can I can I can imagine him being a sniper. He was just there, just quiet, waiting for his moment. It was one of the Boom. first first people I'd seen at an airsoft event wearing a, a Kevlar lid. Um, and I'm not going to mock the man because some of those pellets were going at 525 yeah. feet per second. They do tend to leave a small bruise, and you know yeah. you, you see him pinging off, and you're thinking. I'm sat next to somebody who's like, you know, in my books, one of the top figure designers, you know, and we're being shot at. Brilliant. <laughs> you can't get you can't get closer to real warfare. Um oh, but no, fantastic. but again, again, with you said with, with with Pete's stuff about him planning a unit. Um I in my time I painted quite a lot of elite stuff for, for clients and friends and myself. And the one thing that you, you learn very quick with, with the older figures, like again, like Elite Connoisseur. Hinchcliffe is the same figure, just with a twist when you base it, when you stick it yeah. to the base, you know, just a little twist on the glue. And that figure's that figure's a totally new figure. It's the same yeah. pose, but just changing that angle, and you got, you know, two guys looking at each other. Uh, you know, a guy ducking forward. You put a little bend on it, you know, you could get so much out of maybe three or four figures. And I think yeah. I think to be honest, I'd I'd like to see wargaming go slightly backwards to you know, back to that. Where people have got to put, it's a little bit less done for you. You know, it's a little bit less, you know, ready to go. And I, I know, you know, everyone wants every, everything as fast as they can now. You know, everybody wants instant armies. Um, but I think putting that little bit of effort in, I think you get so much more out of it. And the mm. army is yours. It's personal. It's personal to you. I, th I think. I think there is a little bit of that. With um, I'm not a massive fan of plastic figures. I've got to say, but I think there is a little bit of that with the ability to pose them and to you know bring heads in from different packs and stuff like that. Especially the stuff that the Perrys do, because them them lads know what they're doing. Um, and I'm just building some French Franco-Prussian War at the moment, and I've just imported a few arms and heads and stuff from other, and I've got unique units now that I've built. You know, and I'm there's absolutely no way I can sculpt. I've tried and I'm shit. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I the plastics are um, that's the only thing I enjoy about them is that ability to multipose them. I've I've got to say, Ken, and I'm I'm going to sound like I'm I'm brown nosing here, but your your Italian um, reunification stuff mm. has kind kind of got me looking at plastics at a time when I'd walked away from plastics. Yeah. I'd gone completely away from them because. Again, I don't want to spend, I've got, you know, probably two eight-hour slots at a weekend for my hobby if I'm lucky. And I found out, I was spending an entire weekend sticking figures together and, you know, I, I just didn't want to do it. Too much like no. work. But that said, the stuff you've done, 
as you, you've probably you know, you, you've seen some of my comments. I'm I'm bit of <laughs> bit of a fanboy. They're absolutely gorgeous. But no, oh, I mean, I thank, still thank you very much. I, I still tend to buy lead. I mean, my, my argument with lead is a I can I can line my coffin with it. Um, yeah, yeah. B I can always good, cash good. it. I can always cash it in for scrap. Uh, yeah. And C if things do get naughty in Europe and we go to mm. World War Three, I've got a lead lined room. That's good thinking. Good thinking. I like that. You've, I mean, your nineteen sixties garage will will take a forty mil round from a reasonable distance. I would think. Now my, they're, now they're my solid, solid. Now my builder's been round it. You could probably stop at one hundred and five. Um, oh, hey. I see. You've got to remember. I, I live in the city where they set the film Threads. Yes. Uh, and if anybody doesn't know, I'll quickly. It's about World mm. War Three, and it starts in Sheffield. It's nothing to do with me, but I was in it. Oh, I actually yeah. was wow. in it. Yeah, little little fun-filled fact. Yeah, I was I was person being puked on number three, just left of the camera. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I could tell you nice. stories about that. But again, that tied in with because we were all gamers. We were all young gamers. Yeah, uh, and we were into anything, anything that got us out of the boredom of the nineteen eighties, very early eighties. We did it, you know. So you know, BBC so what was thre- was was Threads sort of eighty three, eighty. Oh, earlier. Oh. I think it was earlier than. Oh, like was 80, it? Eighty two, eighty three. I could look it up, but it's yeah. early eighties. Um, because we'd still got to beat his models, and we'd still got Pete Berry as manager at Games Workshop, so it must be fairly early because Pete, as you know from yeah. Pete's interview, he moved on. But yeah, they, they filmed Threads all done around Sheffield, and I know we're possibly going to talk about triples later. But I can tell you how threads and triples come together in a quite quite a witty little aside, which (laughs) now you've seen me, you've got to imagine me a lot thinner uh, in your mind's eye, 14-year-old and stupid. Uh, but we'll, we'll come to that later. I'll, uh, <laughs> oh, I've reeled you well, in now, Ken. Uh, yeah, I have, mate. You have. <laughs> well, that I mean, that program that absolutely scared them for daylights out of my, me because you know when you'll you'll be the same. We were growing up in the early eighties, and the the threat of being turned into glass at any second was uh, was pretty big. Uh, and seeing threads, it kind of all brought it back because it was um, how a a northern city would absolutely city yeah. would react to it yeah um and it did make it did make me giggle that um mark zuckerberg has decided to call his new version of twitter threads i gave me a, i was sat there having my first my first coffee a few days ago when they announced that and that came on that came on radio four and they almost spat me coffee back in and thought if only you knew you know if only you yeah. knew. but uh, i mean the funny thing for me is that my wife when, when they set threads my wife lived on the outskirts of Sheffield, where mm. the command and control bunker was supposed to be for local government. And it's 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 one of the, the big jokes between me and her, you know, that, you know, had it gone off, we'd not have met. Not because of that, but you were you were literally your back garden was over where the bunker is. You know, when they showed you the, the yeah. map of it and where it is. Uh, it probably is actually it is probably actually there, but uh, there were all real places, real parts of Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. as you say about it being scary. I watched it ooh, two about two years ago. I thought, let's go back and let's you know let, let's see if a I can spot me and a few people I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. I mean anyway narcissistic. Uh, is it narcissistic? Yeah, yeah. I'm not not a big head, uh, but I watched it again and it's still you know 30, 35 years down the line scares the crap out of me. You know. Can I say? Yeah. Can, can I, I say, say, I, can I I say crap on the telly? Fucking, <laughs> fucking course you can. The number the number of, I, I've still got. 
the Chris, the Chris of the Brews in the Binyard that I do with Sean and Alex. Um, the Christmas one is still hidden by YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> nobody can find it because it's there's that much stuff on it. But anyway, anyway, I digress. Yeah, I digress. Right, so, moving along. <laughs> moving along. Um, so, Fancy Army, you're big into that at the moment. Yeah. Um, anything else that you've 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 got working on at the moment, Army? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was really lucky. Uh, a couple of three months ago, I managed to buy an X an X display game. Um, Serenity Flats, a complete Wild West setup. And again, oh, nice. it's, it's been one of these things about 10 or 12 years ago. I was sat playing a game one Saturday morning with a friend of mine, and I said, You know, I might, I might do a Wild West setup one day. And I thought, You know, like you do, livery stable, yeah. Marshall's office, general store, couple of shacks, half a dozen gunfighters. We're done. Forgot about it. Yeah. Looking on the old, well, it's, I said the old, looking on the Bazaar of Obscurities, you know, forum. And they've got a, a sales section. There's a guy selling a complete Wild West setup. So you know, me being me, and still being flush, still being flush from uh, from Christmas. I thought, right, okay, let's let's find out how much he wants. And four figures, you know, four a reasonable, very reasonable four yeah. figures. Um, but all of a sudden, I've got this twelve foot by four foot Wild West town, complete with railway. Um, wow. Now that's dangerous because one of the other things is model railways, and the two don't. Uh, not uh, so, yeah. You know, the two aren't supposed to meet. It's like matter and antimatter or crossing the beams in Ghostbusters. Model railways, war games, they don't mix. Unfortunately, the chap I bought it off pointed out it was all American model railway stuff in O-gauge, narrow gauge. Well, it's what they call ON30, ON which as a scale, if you think about it, it's got the size of, size of 28 mil figures, but it's got a much, it's got a much narrower, you know, track gauge um but in 28 mil you've got these perfect absolutely perfect you know rail cars and trains a bit on the large side but he broke it to me it's still got all the motors in so now i'm thinking so now you you know you you you've spoken to me a couple of times ken you know me i have these yeah. wild ideas yeah. and i run with them i either yeah. run with them or my wife Why not? or my wife puts the, well, puts the ball and chain on and says back <laughs> And for the right, <laughs> I would say for the right reasons, you know, I, I do need to be controlled. So it's definitely a controlling factor. I, I kind of thought, right, I might take, I might redo this. So it's kind of, it's all sat in storage boxes. We've had it out a few times, played a few mm -hmm. games, really enjoyed it. It's a keeper. And that's, you know, I either have keepers, maybes, and you're going, you know, conveyor belt. Um, yeah. And one or two things, one or two things get kept. Uh, and it's a keeper. So now my thing is to kind of try and take it to a show. And we, we, we were sat sat talking. I sat talking to a chap called Mick Rothenberg from Sheffield. He'd, he'd come to see me a few weeks back, and we were talking about it. And he said, oh, it's really nice. And I said, yeah, I, I can motorise it. As long as this motor works, I can come up with some track. We can have a train going backwards and forwards. Oh, I said, wow. so, then, so then me being me, I said, you know, actually, we can, we can have it disappear. We can have it disappear behind a, you know, behind a backdrop. And then yeah. reappear a while a, a, a bit later, and he says, "Oh, he says you could put some, you could put some Indians chasing it." I said, "Oh, oh I can, do, I think I can do better than that." <laughs> so now I'm trying to now I'm trying to work out. You can actually get a system for model railways that lets you take a matchbox type car and using magnets, motorized magnets under a, a realistic looking road, it drags the car along. Oh, nice. So now you've got me thinking, right, twenty eight mil. Plains Indians, could we get them? 
could we cut a gouge into you? Could we cut a gouge that you can't really see into this, into a grass mat? Could we run this system through it and physically have these Indians while a game's going on at a show? Oh, that Can we awesome. have these Indians at different speeds? Just maybe half a dozen of them, but can we get them all on this track and have them keeping pace with this train? At this point, 95% of the people have pressed off and they've walked away but this is the kind of madness this is the kind of madness that it, it keeps it's madness that keeps me sane but then you, you start thinking well actually it's no madder than the great late terry wise bringing a tribal warfare game to a show that's that's essentially subutio with figures and he's you know terry wise made this fantastic game plastic figures i think they were using using colored beer bottle tops weighted and you actually played Sabutio, you know, table football, flick football. There must, oh, you know, if you don't know what Sabutio is, go and look it up. I can't spell it, but yeah. go find it. Uh, but basically, I think, my, I think, I think my audience are the right age group. Yeah, but you know, you can, you can, but it's little things like this that they're a bit wild, but they, they can hook people in, you know. And if you can do something a little bit different, everybody now is using LEDs. Everybody's mm. using, you know, K-pop stuffing for smoke. Let's yeah. see what else we can do. Let's have some fun. It might not go. It might not go quite as far as that. It may be that I find out actually what I've got to do is somehow use clear plastic to attach these Indians to the train itself. But it still look good when it disappears around a corner with half a dozen Indians, oh, you know, brilliant. chasing it. Brilliant. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Put put me down in the first game. I'll if come if to I that. can make it work at the Dark Tower, if I can make it work here first. Because I'm about as electronically knowledgeable as as Bilbo Baggins, you know, electricity in my yeah. world. We don't mix. Um, you know, it took me 15 minutes to get to, you know, to get yeah. to uh, yeah. to sign on here. I had to go and grab the right technology, but uh, but I think I know people that could make it work. And it's no doubt somebody will run out now and do it. And if they want to, great, go and do it. It's it's one of these hobbies where the more we share, the more we get out of it. So that's one thing I'm doing. Uh, the other thing, obviously, is the the big samurai setup. That's now been put back to 2025 because my figure painter's not so much burnt out, but he's just painted a load of Japanese fantasy first. Uh, again, all Dixons, uh, 500 of them, uh, 500 of those if you prefer. So he's, he's now asking, can I do something different? Yeah, yeah, off you go. You've got, you've got about 6,000 yeah. figures to work through. But everything I'm doing now, I'm doing a lot less of it, but you know, a lot less in, in terms of variety, but more mm -hmm. of it. So... Uh, I think the the last thing I'll probably do, looking a couple of years down the line, will probably be Tudor. Uh, probably, maybe not Flodden, but the Flodden period. You know, Henry VIII up yeah. against the Scots, big pipe blogs. That somebody, somebody has done the Italian Wars to death. <laughs> there's, there's this bloke doing rounds in Yorkshire. Yeah. With the, with the, these ridiculous Italian wars armies that are with these, yeah. these pipe blocks that are as large as most <laughs> most people's armies. Um, so I, I've got to match it, but I'm not. I'm, I'm going to do it different. I think we'll you know we'll, we'll do Flodden. Uh, joking yeah. as, joking aside, Ken, you know, like you, I like big pipe blocks. You know, and it's one of these things where the armies are actually very different. Your tactics are different. On Henry's side, you've got you know you've got Lanschneck style stuff, mm. uh, and if you don't limit it to being a particular battle, you've got the whole gamut of Henry's Henry's army, which very few people do. I've very rarely seen it. In fact, 
few, I've only ever, I've only ever, I've painted it once for myself, and then I bought one about 20, 30, 30 years ago now. Uh, they're the only real, you know, decent, you know, Henry VIII era armies. Again, with Elizabeth's army, you don't get Elizabeth's armies being done. But let's be honest, they're pretty rubbish. They're not, they're not pretty to look at. They're an absolute swine to put a unit together as as they were supposed to be, particularly if you're working off George Gush's Renaissance Army's oh, book, which is George. as as out of date as it might be, is still a go to book. It's oh. if it's it's like chicken soup for a wargaming soul. It's fantastic. Well, I, I've I've got I I had the green copy for years and years and years, and then um, my friend uh, Harry Matthews, who's uh, retired up the dale, gone to settle. He lives in Settle now, bless him. Um, if you listen, Harry, I hope you're all right, mate. He gave me his orange copy signed by George himself. Yeah, I've I've, I've got an orange oh. copy, and I have to say, oh. it's 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 in good it's in good condition. Yeah, which sounds great, sounds normal until the fact that I do most of my reading in the bath. <laughs> now this this, this this has been expensive this yeah. has been expensive about two about two christmases ago i i, I closed down for three three weeks for for christmas because that's that's how i roll boxing day the wife's the wife's asleep the dogs are asleep there's no grandkids phoning up to say thank you for the christmas presents granddad so i bought i bought the big helian and company hellion and company um book on the great northern war Went to, went to have a bath, got sat in the bath, put in the old Radox bath salts, <laughs> cup of coffee, few cold few cold off cuts and some slices of bread. The wife's not nice. there. Cold nice. Yorkshire Christmas. Slice of pork pie. Yep. Seven o'clock in the morning, laid there in the bath and dropped it. Oh. Dropped it. 35, 40 quids worth of book, straight in the bath. Took it out, couldn't do a thing with it, couldn't save it. Oh, Papa, no. I will tell anybody who's thinking about reading Hellion and Company books in the bath, please don't. The books are great, the paper is not waterproof. It's <laughs> I've 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 done it with I've done it with Osprey. I've done it with old Osprey books. Old Osprey yeah. books. You can take them out, shake them off, you can carry on reading them. Modern Osprey books, papier mache, forget it. Hellion, not quite as bad as Osprey, but please, I, I beg you, don't be like Mark. Don't drop yeah. them in the bath. Um, so I, I we, we need yeah I we need to re- we need to review we need to review of Mark's hierarchy of books for reading in the bath bath time reading yeah su- <laughs> yeah how they survive there's also immersion. there's also the war gamers guide to, to restaurants which is uh, another one of mine <laughs> that's me the great hobby funnily enough um, oh, eating eating uh, but yeah um, yeah dropping dropping books in a bath not to be recommended. But the, the, I've not quite, I've not quite scratched my itch for the Great Northern War. That might, that might be something I do, kind of post retirement. I mean, I've, I've st- hopefully, I've still got about ten years in me before I retire. But I'm, I'm really seriously now thinking. I, I don't subscribe to this. You know, you can't die while if you've got unpainted lead. I'm a realist. You know, I've been, I've been scared of dying now since I was fourteen. Uh, the forty-one years of waking up every morning checking my pulse. You know, it's. Um, I could give Woody Allen a run for his money, um, but it's uh, again, as is, you know, coming back onto back on on topic. I'm doing I'm doing less, but I'm doing it larger. So it is all about big yeah. games, stuff that, as I said, stuff that I really wouldn't normally have done. I wouldn't, or traditionally, I couldn't have done. You know, when I was younger, mm. couldn't afford it. Uh, and I'm kind of looking now. I'm kind of investing for my retirement, 
and something that I can pass on to anybody in my family that might want it, or yeah. or at least you know have that uh, have that shed turned into a a tomb. Yeah, and I've, you know I've, I've my own equivalent. You know, forty thousand lead warriors all laid about the corpse. You know. Yeah, Sheffield, Sheffield's Toot and Carmoon. Funny you should say that. Um, friend, <laughs> there is there is another Sheffield war gamer who's um, uh, a professional archaeologist and historian, who actually uh, the the tale he was telling me a few weeks ago is when he was he was trying to sort out his funeral arrangements in advance. Actually, went to his solicitor and said, with a straight face, "Well, what I want is I want a pyramid," and delivered this <laughs> delivered this with all his. You know yeah. all these um, all these specifications. I want you know raw and set here, and I want this, that, and the other, and I want this on it. And apparently, at first, his solicitor took him seriously. <laughs> somebody, somebody that that might be might be close to you at present and speaking to you mm. is actually encouraging him to do it because he can afford it. You know, well, can, if he can afford if the it, Victorian, well. if the Victorians can do it. Why can't we? You know, I think exactly. it'd be quite be quite fitting that, particularly if you had a, a miniature army of uh, let's show who shall we have? Oh, Inchcliffe, Inchcliffe, yeah, Inchcliffe yeah. Egyptians, Inchcliffe Egyptians, yeah, be, yeah we, be really nice. We could we could show the Chinese with that um, yeah. massive warrior army that they buried the king with. Yeah. I can't remember. Well, that's it. Though. That's it. Or yeah. Q, oh, some some really nice QT multi part. You know, oh, QT multi-part Egyptians, now we're going all, back. All, all laid around your feet. You know, oh, lovely. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. You, probably, probably the pyramids were easier to build. Uh, I've yeah, yeah. Those hoplites. Oh, oh, I could, oh, I could talk. I could talk at length about QT. Oh, the tales I could tell. But yeah, I've had, I've had a few thousand of those in my time. But I've also had several thousand holes in me in my fingers drilling the hands out because they were always. They were all. They always had the hands sealed up, like Bicorn mm. do now. And this is these are the days before Dremels. Yeah, you were sat there with a, yeah. you know, craft and knife carving them out, pin vice. Yeah. yeah, carving them out. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dave Hoyles, yeah. if you're listening. Yeah, I think they were. I think they were the models that I learnt solder with. Yeah, because I it was just like fucking. Not, this is just not sticking. Yeah, I learned. Uh, I, 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 I learned to use. I learned to use super glue in a safe and responsible manner. I one drop at a time because if you use too much, it went straight through the holes. Yeah, um, and then you kind of you stuck your finger to it, you waved it about, and in the nineteen eighties, of course, lots of stretch jeans with lots of elastic oh, yeah. in them, and when super glue hits hit jeans, your legs smoked. You, you sometimes you know you, you came just short of bursting into flames. You literally smoked. You smoked and melted a good pair of jeans. Then you're expe- explaining to your mother that no, you weren't a closet smoker. You just dropped super glue on yourself. And the only way you could prove it was to fetch some super glue in front of your mother. If you had a mother like mine who trusted nobody and kept a big stick handy, and actually drop it on your jeans, then you'd cop cop another clip up back of your head for well, ruining for ruining another, yeah. yeah, ruining them twice, you know. But uh, oh, happy days, that, happy yeah. days! Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, in this section, um, yes. we're going to talk a little bit about um, your blog, Real Life's mm. a Bugger. Because I, I have to say, I, I do enjoy reading your blog. Um, and it's not what I would call a normal, if you it's, don't mind me saying. It blog. has a parental <laughs> advisory on it. Um, Tim Gow of um, blog, and, blog and rules writing fame once very politely and kindly referred to it as stream of consciousness blogging, which yeah. it, it very much 
it started like that, but I, I, yeah, it is. It's, it's it's not safe for work is the best way to put it. And if you are yeah. in any way overly politically correct or sensitive, please don't don't look at it because if you complain, I'm going to ignore you. Yeah. That, to me, it was it was it's 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 the Bill Hicks of blogs. It tells truths, and sometimes they're painful, and sometimes they're painful to me as the person writing them. You know, I don't, I don't set myself on a pedestal. I, I take shots left, right, and centre, but I try to entertain as well. You know, and I try to, I try to cover things, and I sometimes say things that you know other people are saying to you, but they won't say in public, and I say them in public. Which uh, is what I quite enjoy about. And I, yeah, and, and oddly, oddly, <laughs> oddly, I think, I think I'm far more far more positive than negative in you know in responses from people you know it's one of these things if you don't like something we do we don't live in a world where you have to read or listen to anything it, it can get a little bit blue in places you know i i, I speak i think i think, I I think what I, you are I speak yeah. i write as i find i write as i find yeah you know I, I think i think it, well, how, how i would describe it is refreshingly honest um because sometimes um you have to be well, you don't have to be but people are overly careful about what they're saying um when what they are actually saying they're not trying to have a go at a person as an individual they're just yeah. saying i don't like that yeah you know and and the same happened with me when i started this podcast um i'm not saying your little skirmish games are shit or your little tables yep. are shit. What I'm saying is I love massive tables with loads of figures. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Oh my God. Some people got very upset. Oh, I can, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, it's the same thing with me. I mean, you know, I, I, I keep getting accused of being, cause I paint a lot of six mil stuff and everybody's saying, do you only paint six mil? No, I paint what I'm sent. It's just that the more, the more, the more I paint, you know, the more people want the same thing doing. So, but I'm doing what I want to do. And if I don't want to paint 10,000 Napoleonics, I don't do it. I carry the same thing across with my blog. If something, if something pisses me off, I say it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, if, if, I know you've read it. There's sometimes when I've gone, you know, and it's been, it's been three, you know, three sides of A4, yeah. uh, you know, I'd have written it down and I've gone for it and I've gone for the throat. But I, I, I try to also explain why I'm going for the throat and why that gets to me, you know. And if every blog that you read and every podcast that you listen to is just taking the same stance and covering the same things, conventions conventions are going that that way now. You, you, you know, you know, I've ranted about that. Everything's going the same, and all you're doing is you're getting you've, you're getting finite material, if you like, with an infinite number of people trying to pull something new out of it. No, say, say what you want to say. And, you know, if people don't agree, they can press off, they can press delete. They don't have to look. They can argue with you. They can set up, they can set their own blog up. It's not difficult to do. I told mm. myself, as most people did, you know, and it's not difficult to do. Um, and they can have their piece and they can, you know, you get discussion. Discussion doesn't hurt. Comment doesn't hurt. In a hobby like this, there are so many different facets to the hobby that are positive and so many that could be negative and are negative. And out of that, each person will pull what they want. And I suppose with the blog, what I'm doing is now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm maybe 25 years away from the grave. When I'm gone, it won't matter what I said. But no, you know, it's one of these things. I think it's, 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 it's good to get, th it's just good to get things off your chest. 
Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, do you find it cathartic getting that out? Sometimes, and I mean, sometimes yeah. it's quite creative because you know, you've, you've mentioned my book. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into the book here. It's. It was one of these things where I wrote. I wrote a book for my own. My own mental. My own mental mm. well-being. The blog was kind of the same thing. I was going through a, a bad time. Yeah. Um, not. With anything, actually, it was a bad time with my hobby. It was when I left. I'd left, if you like, I'd left the. I'd left the world of gaming that I knew. I'd stepped away from club gaming. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd just kind of, I'd run myself down. You know, a lot of us do. I'd, I'd yeah. totally wipe myself out, to be honest. And the blog, the blog and the book, kind of. I wrote the book. I, I went to three hundred and eighty-eight pages, and I'd still not scratched the surface of forty-five years. And some of the characters. It's not just about me. It's about people. And some fine people and some complete bloody idiots, uh, but all part of this hobby. Uh, so the blog kind of became a jump, a, a, a jump off platform for that. So you know, where I've got something that I couldn't really, I didn't want to put in the book or I didn't want to go back and rewrite. I kind of used the blog, and the blog's sort of becoming a a notebook for me, if you like, to work from in future. You know, there are I have got plans for another book because there are big chunks that I didn't cover. And and bring it right up to date as well, uh, and do it a bit more on the the wargaming side because a lot of it was the fantasy side because that was where the books were back then. When I wrote that, it was yeah. you know mem- memoirs of you know if you like geek culture, which was you know um, largely largely Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that, and role playing it eight less less the wargaming. But actually, I had, I had more fun with the yeah. war games hobby and the characters because they are the real characters, you know. As you you know, you know, you walk around a show and you you know, sometimes you sometimes you smile, you know. I mean I, I see people that I've not seen for forty years and I think, My God, you're still alive. Yeah. The last time I saw you, you were killed up you were killed up in the boot of somebody's car at a convention after going on a bender, mentioning no names, but they're from the Leeds area. And I, th- I think I think you were you were at Fiasco um last last year and I said to you, yeah. Oh, that's so and so. I've not seen him for years, oh, he's still alive, you know. Um and it's so. I mean, really, I use it as a memory. I, I also try to kind of use the blog. I use it abrasively, but I also try to get people to think about think about the hobby. Think, you know, particularly if if they're getting older, thinking if if, if I can if I can you know put all my memories down, somebody else mm. can, and we've got a brilliant collective you know collective knowledge base, a history. We've got an unwritten history that needs writing, and so I kind of do it. In a, I do it in an irreverent way, but what I'm trying to do is make people. Kind of laugh at themselves, laugh at me, laugh at the hobby. You know, don't take it, don't take things so seriously. And you, you still, you still regularly update it. I mean, blogs, uh, and I'm sure you'll agree, blogs are, uh, are not the um, popular thing that they were ten years ago. They're not They've kind of dropped, no, I do. dropped down, and YouTube and other things have taken over. Yeah, where that's that's gone. But you do regularly update, and you know, once every week or two weeks, there's, I do. there's something new on there. I do. I mean, I, 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 to be honest with you, uh, certain times of the year, I blog more than I blog more than others because certain times I'm even busier, uh, or if if I get a nightmare scenario where, if you like, an entire month's work is Napoleonic in various scales, I I put a lot more time in than I normally would. Um, so I don't have as much time, but there again, sometimes if I've got insomnia, which I do suffer from, uh, you've, you've caused me three nights of it this week. I'm absolutely crapping myself about coming on here. 
Um, <laughs> you shouldn't, mate, because well, it's the... you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, anybody who knows my blog and knows me knows it's, it is really caveat emptor. It's definitely buyer beware. You know, and it, it woke me up a few times. So I went down and blogged. And I, I, I don't like wasting time. So, or I might be sat painted and I'll think, you know, somebody said this to me in 1986, and they were right. That's a really truncheon. That's a truncheon observation that only I heard. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll suddenly write it down. You know, I mean, sometimes I'll pay. I do tend to write one or two. And there's been one or two obituaries which have been a real. Yeah. They've been a pleasure to write because I've been able to say really good things about people that I knew, but the pain they bring, and actually mm. putting it down actually has helped me mourn. Yeah. You know, it's been a great way. It's been a great way. You know, I might not see somebody for 40 years, but I might have had, had 10 really intense years with them as a kid, you know, yeah. and to suddenly find out, you know, they've gone like that, bang, and that person's not there. We're never going to meet up again. So, yeah. you know, the blog does have obituaries on. Uh, it has it has rants. It has reviews. Um, it has my thoughts. It's It really is. It is a stream of consciousness. It's got a little bit of everything. But I I would definitely say if you are easily offended, don't read it. Uh, If you want to be easily offended, please read it. Um, You know, make of it what you will, but don't don't judge the person because the person writing it isn't the voice that you the voice that you're hearing in your head. Uh, Yeah. Well, I always uh, that's I always sit. Yeah, Yeah. I always sit down and have a giggle. Yeah. And then I think, where's he going with this? Yeah. Where's he going with this? Yeah, uh, and if please don't. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's offensive at all, mate. I just think, uh, as I said earlier on, that it, it's honesty, uh, and it's something which for me that we're we're, we're sadly lacking in, in in many areas. And you know, when when if I say something on this podcast that, uh, and I'm honest about something, then uh, people I'll get emails. Oh, yeah. you can't say that, and it's like I can and I have. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I I was quite open on my blog about again when when I I kind of like broke with club gaming. Uh, that left me with that left me with a lot of mental mental health baggage. I I said what I thought about it, and I got I got one or two emails from people who are going to remain nameless, but shouldn't. They should be ashamed of themselves. And if they're listening, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> says he ominously. But I use I I actually vented my spleen and I said, look, no, this is how I feel. But at the same time, I then got twice as many messages coming through saying, mm. thanks for being so honest. You know, you've, yeah. you've, you've said what I'm feeling. You know, you've said, you know, you've actually helped me. And I, like I've said to people, look, if you get chicken pox, you stay away from people for 14 days, but it's still chicken pox. If you have mental health issues, they're just that, they're mental health issues. You don't lock yourself away. Don't lock yourself away, please. Yeah. Rant about it. Somebody will read it, and they'll, they'll, some arsehole might come back and say, "You know, good riddance, top mm. yourself." But another two, another two people will actually give a damn. Another two humans will come along, and they might just say something to you that lifts you, and mm. not only lift lift you, but also inspire you. You know, I, I I got one or two messages that inspired me to come back to a hobby that I was going to walk away from after 35, 40 years. That's a good yeah. thing, and if. If I upset a few people, in, you know, with with my blog, but I entertain a few people and I make a few people think and I make a few people correct, the, the, you know, correct themselves if you like, then then great, you know, great. But you're not forced to read it, you're not forced to look at it. And I'm quite honest. I said to people, look, you know, at the start, if you're offended, go elsewhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Mon- it's not monetized. I've got almost half a million views now. 
on a on a blog. So I'm I'm doing something right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's yeah, not exactly. bad in about five years of that. No, it's not bad not bad at all. And I and I think I think um having that ability to say what you think is is good for for mental health it's something that's important for me i i don't know if you know i did that podcast with henry died about mental health yes yeah very good um and um so yeah i think it's i think it's extremely important that you have got somewhere to get it out and um other people reading it if they're if they see it as as i do uh, an excellent way of getting rid of stuff and I, having a little giggle along with you as you do it, then uh, I think it's an it's an excellent thing, and I recommend everyone to pop along and and, and have a read of that. Um, before we finish um, our first section, we've been going for an hour and we've not done the first section. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Podcast guests who talk, who'd have thought they'd be under? Yeah. Um, so uh, the Venn diagram of wargaming, we have wargamer, painter collector and historian so how do you see yourself fitting in with those categories which one's more prominent or are they all the same how do you um i would say now uh and and i'll, I'll put the I'll, I'll do a pete berry here and put a caveat on it you've oh, got to, right. if people can just remember that i paint for a living yeah. right it's 50 hours a week i paint i'm probably now 15 percent painter Five mm. percent historian, yeah, and then the rest of me is wargamer. I'm about yeah. playing. I've, I've gone through forty-five years of forty-five years of you know, always painting, always modelling, always building armies. At fifty-five now, I want to sit down and play with my toys. There's a few more yeah. things to be done, but it's about gaming now. It's about for me. It's about legacy. It's all about legacy. It's about talking to people and gaming with people that I might not have seen for a long time. Uh, maybe getting to meet you know one or two new people, but it's it's about play now. I want to play. You know, for me, re- perfect retirement will be the room out back across the yard. Whatever you know, whichever of my Scottish terriers uh, are still alive at that time, because they vary in ages between six months and thirteen years, and there's half a dozen of them now, six of them. But just sitting there with my Scottish terriers, a cup of milky tea. A set of war games rules, <laughs> and yeah. either either an opponent or a a solo a solo war gaming. What's that about? Oh, what's um, that about? But but just just immersing myself in soldiers, little lead dollies, little lead dollies, not fine cast miniatures, little lead dollies. Let's be honest about it, people. That's what they are. Um, the historian, the, the the low score for the historian is um, history was my big thing right back when I was at school, mm. and I crammed in more more history books than I think I think most bookshops have got. I read and read and read, and I've got to the point now where I don't want to read another overview of Waterloo. Yeah. I don't want to read another overview of Pavia. I don't want to know what Billy the Kid had for breakfast. I, I, I just, I, I know enough. I know enough. I'm a war gamer. I'm a war gamer. I've read it. I've reenacted it. I've done all that rubbish. Uh, and now I just want to play with toy soldiers. I've got all the information I need now. The only time that I really bother reading anything is if it's something totally new to me, yeah. or maybe I've seen something, I've, I've looked at it before, not really gone into it in depth, or I've found a new twist on something, or another use for some figures, then I might go and read something. But I don't, I, I used to keep a big library of books, you know, a couple of thousand books, everything from, you know, fantasy art books 
at one end of my hobby through to hard history books and then mm. pop history in between. And I just got to the point where the only reason they were there was to impress people. I'd read them. I'd read them, you know. Um, it's the same with uniform guides. I've painted that many figures now that unless somebody wants a specific unit, it's all up there, and most of the specific units are up there as well. It's just it's not that I'm not interested in history. It's just become very, very samey. I, I can see where you're saturation, coming from. Saturation. I, yeah, I've... Um... I've I've had this discussion with a couple of historians I've had on the program, and there there's a drive with historians when they're writing books about whatever the subject is to have something new, to have a new opinion or um, a new way of looking at something. And at some stage, somebody's going to get it right. Yeah. And then why do you then need another thousand books on, like you say, on Waterloo? How many times can I read about the Battle of Waterloo? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's there's probably five or six books behind me that I've not read for 25, 30 years about the battle. But then it'll be Waterloo, the new perspective, Waterloo, the thing that you haven't heard, what happened at Waterloo yeah. that you didn't know. It's like clickbait with a um, on the internet. And is there really is there is there something new that we don't know? Well, I mean, I mean, the, the the one book I'm waiting to see, and it's the one that I keep threatening to uh, to write. Uh, just in case anybody's anybody's wondering why I want to write this, I spent several, well, about 14 hours last year sat in casualty when one of my dogs um, almost ended my painting career in a, a freak accident. And I was sat there, and on the on the, the walls of the hospital, it shows you all the different grades of, of, of nurse in like, you know, like a, like a little diagram, you know, a little like uniform guy. And I thought, Osprey, uniforms of the NHS. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Why, why not do it? You'd sell loads. Osprey. If anybody from Osprey is listening to this or has an inroad to Osprey, do something positive. Do something positive. Do a book on the uniforms of the National Health Service, and forget about your profit. Give your profit to the NHS or some some other, mm. you know, life saving cause. Let's laugh at ourselves a little bit, but quite. But there are modelers out there. There are large scale modelers out there yeah. who will, who will use that book. Yeah. Oh, you know? definitely. So definitely. you know, there's, there's an idea, but you just just give me a mention if if you do produce it, give me a mention. But yeah, uniforms, uniforms of the NHS. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know what, what, what I'd have to uh, illustrate it. You know, it's. Uh... Uh, difficult first, one that difficult first first heard of on the yorkshire gamer podcast correct that's yes all, yeah that's all we, all we can say for copyright you. trademark and patent applied for <laughs> exactly well we'll take a short break ladies and gentlemen because uh, i'm sure you all need a cup of tea uh, and we'll be back very shortly Right, after some uh, technical issues, we are back for the uh, part two of the show, uh, the big game section. And uh, everyone, Mark, gets the same question to start with, and that's what does a big game mean to you? Right, it's not just the number of figures and it's not scale. Um, right. as, as Pete Berry outlined, you know, you can do a big game in six mil. Right, for me, a big game can be a lot of people, or it can be a lot of figures, or it can be a large table, or it can be... Any combination of those, I mean, you can have some big games that are essentially skirmish games interlocked. One of the one of the ones I'm working on at present is a big English Civil War skirmish game using, oddly enough, Pete Berry's 
once upon a time in the West Country rules, oh, which yeah, I've been yeah. I've been uh, reminded. Um, I used to play. Mm, I, I used to play of, a lot yeah. of that. Um, and uh, you know, and th- the idea is going to be that we, you know, we'll use a twelve foot table with a you know a, a connect a connected set of hamlets and features, and if you like scenario hooks with pairs of players playing across it. Um, and you know, once they've, if you like, if they, if if they win their game, if you like, what's left of their forces can go on and affect a section to either side or to one side, depending where they are. That in itself will be a big game. There won't be many figures, maybe two hundred, you know, two hundred figures, but it'll be a big game in its scope. At the other end, I'm I'm a big fan of the old Selioken District war games games. You know, twenty five thousand Napoleonics. I'm not a Napoleonics fan, but you know you. You see one of them and it brings a tear to where you think you can't get tears. Uh, yeah. Even a flinty-hearted uh, old devil like me can... Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh yeah. yeah I'm, Third... sure it, I'm sure it was one of their games back in the early 80s that I saw that that really got me the big game bug. 36-man they... Irish regiments. Oh, yes, oh, please, sir. Oh, oh you, now sir. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, lovely. Oh. I've got all. I've got all. Yeah, shivers down. Moist, moist at the knees. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is it? No, it's fine. Um, and um, as we was talking earlier on in the first section, you're kind of going down that bigger game route with a smaller number of periods or a bigger yeah. collection of yeah. smaller number. Yeah, of periods. it's it's what a friend of mine calls going in depth, not in width. And yeah. I used to look at him, gone out, and say, "Yeah, but I've got enough figures for this." And no, it's that. It's that getting to know getting to know a period a little bit better, and and seeing how far you can push it. I've pretty much burnt out English Civil War at the at the top end. You know when you can pretty much when pretty much every game you play is masked and more sized, it does get a bit samey. Uh, so now mm. I'm going back and looking at it, and you know what happens in between the battles. The new collection I'm working on with is is all uh, bloody miniatures. They're, you know they're things oh, are fantastic. They're gorgeous. They're um, gorgeous. And that's going to be more. It's going to be more with the the trained bands, local trained bands. You know, nipping across a border, and you know, nobbling a nobbling a local village or putting a hole in the the wall of the local manor. Uh, mm. And unfortunately, uh, I've been watching the old BBC series by the Sword Divided. Oh, uh, going back and thinking, <laughs> there's that scene where they they get a barrel of gunpowder and they you know they get a petard and they blow a hole in that wall and. That's a game mm. that is, you know, and oh, yeah. there's, you know, there's the twenty men and a cannon versus twenty men and no cannon. That's a game, uh, and it's kind of like you're playing the little things that happen in between the big battles. Uh, so it's, but again, it's all going to be done on twelve foot, twelve foot by five foot tables, at mm. least. Um, they're going to be long games. It's got, yeah, it's got that border reavers flavor about it. That kind of now, stuff, hasn't it? That's the other way I'm going as well. Is particularly with the bloody miniatures stuff. They've got some really nice models, you know, that will do as you know as later border border families. Uh, and with the with the the recent Scots that have come out and the trained band figures that have just come out, you can do all these little raids. You can do cross border raids. You don't even have to be involved in the actual the actual war. These these are just you know. Two families going at it across a river, you know, either side yeah. of a river, north and south. Uh, you, know, you can play things like that. You've got there's so much more that I can do. And again, I'm looking at I'm looking at Pete's rules. Uh, the Once Upon a Time in the West Country, which if you haven't read them, people, 
Get a set. They're simple. They're playable. They'll have you in stitches. You'll have some of the best games you've ever played. And I'm looking at, you know, different things I can do. You know, I mean, Pete used to run games uh, that were set um, in the Spanish colonies. You know, mm. and his, his, his classic character, Sanchez Panza. You know, Panza, <laughs> Panza as in the tank, but, you know, based on yeah. the Quixote character. You know, so little tongue-in-cheek things, but really in-depth, really good games. And I'm starting to look at that, and I'm, I'm sort of using big skirmish games as an antidote to always playing, you know, big big figure games, big number games. Uh, and bringing the two together, actually, you you get more fun out of out of big, you know, quote-unquote, big gaming. I'm, I'm, I'm still... I'm, I'm still wanting to get back into playing games in the garden, but that's been banned in our household since about 1992, uh, right. with the, the 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 lawnmower incident during the during the Gulf War, 1991, 90, 90, just <laughs> just after the Gulf War, um, where I had a bright idea one really hot summer's day to go and mow the lawn as flat as possible because we could actually field we could field pretty much the entire Iraqi army and three three three. Uh, allied divisions in one three hundredth thousands. I mean, two hundred and fifty, three hundred helicopters. Uh, you know, before you even start, uh, and I mowed it all, and the sun came up at seven o'clock, and I'd mowed it at six and upset my neighbours. Nice. And the sun dried it, and we got a dust bowl by eleven o'clock, which looked very authentic. But yeah. the the at the time the wife to be now the memsab uh, did put the kibosh on that and said never will it happen again. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So it, it looked like a desert. Talk about big game. I mean, you know, we're talking seventy foot by fifteen foot. Um, That's what we like. We like that. It we like that. But one three hundredth. So you were constantly putting your hands on yeah. troops, and but oh, it's, yeah. to see two hundred helicopters, you know, on a in a war game, looks just looks awesome. But we were using really slow. Uh, we were using the combined arms rules, which were the modern version of command decision, which you know we thought were the bee's knees, but. Whew, they're not made for it. They, they, they're not made for for, for battles mm. like that, as we found out. But you know, we had we got sunburn, had a decent lunch, and uh, yeah. And I'm still married. Well, to I mean, we still married to her. Yeah, we we used to play. We used to play huge sort of in those days ultra modern games in the mid '80s with um, Bruce Lee Taylor's Challenger rules. Uh, and man, they are so complicated. I'm just revisiting uh, those, and it's painful. Oh, yeah, it's painful. Yeah. But he he did that. He did that. Was it core core commander, yeah. wasn't it that he did? Yeah. That was kind of up a level, and we still use those for World War Two. Yeah. The, the trouble um, the, the, the trouble we found with that was that once we found out we could up the size of battle, we just upped the number of figures and did more divisions and more cores. Mm. Uh, so you know, it, it, yeah. it's a never <laughs> ending story of my life. cycle of destruction. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, that's all I've ever done. Yeah. Hey. Right. Anyway. Right. Pick a small. Pick a small battle. See, even when, even when I pick a small battle, I go for a bigger, a smaller figure stick yeah. scale. Yeah. That's so it. I'll I'll go like, oh, there's only five thousand aside. But if I did it in one to five, then yeah, yeah. So, get, yeah get your magic yeah. thousand figures. I mean, my <laughs> my basic rule these days is an army starts at five hundred pieces. Starts at five hundred. Yeah. If I can do it with an eight, with if I can do it to eight hundred figures aside, I'm thinking you're being sensible. You know, you are being sensible. It generally ends up being round about a thousand, and the weird shit is going to be two thousand, two thousand aside bottom because I just can't stop myself. But you also reach a point where 
you have to think if I've got 5,000 figures on this or 4,000 figures on this table, and even with a number, you know, a multi, you know, multiple players, how many of those figures are actually going to get to the, the point where they're actually doing something? You end up, you know, you see these, the classic, you know, the classic old Teddy Wise and, um, and co games where they've got Napoleonic figures, you know, literally packed in like, you know, packed in like sardines doing the battle of whatever. And, and you're thinking, there's about 12 units being engaged, maybe 20 aside. So you've got to kind of either have really, really fast play rules that let you get the figures in, or I think you've got to be realistic and say, look, what's, what's usable? So for me, big games are great, but they've got to be usable now. Yeah. You know, they've, they've got to be achievable. You, you, I can't, I cannot, it's not that I can't justify or I can't afford, but I can't just, I just can't see the point. In, in having a thousand more figures than I actually, and I, I need, you know, to play the biggest I, game that I can. Yeah. You know, I think we're a little bit more conscious now about um, getting everyone involved in a game because yeah. I think when we were when we were younger and teenagers, you would sometimes go to a big game and you'd sit in a corner and, and nothing would happen on your flank. Yeah. Whereas now, now I think we're a little bit more conscious about that and try to design scenarios and design games so that everyone is involved. Yeah. And and you know the banter th- the banter flies whatever you do. Yeah, it? I mean we we played we played a largest game at Christmas and uh, you know the 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 scenario was attack and defend and I was I was the defender pike and shot 30 years war based on a real real battle can't tell you which one it was because I didn't bother asking. I just want to play with. I just want to play with toy <laughs> yeah. soldiers. I don't care. I don't care. So long, you know. Yeah. Give me, give me toy soldiers and give me a set of rules. And I'm quite happy. And uh, I was in a defended position uh, behind a river, and the aim of the game was stop the opponents crossing the river. And I got accused of being disinterested. But when you're defending, what else can you do apart from roll your dice every turn and tell them to take a few more figures off? Yeah, oh, you know, another four figures off. Um, and I, like you say, I think, yeah, I think if you, particularly if you're playing big games, they've got to be more dynamic. They've got to be dynamic. I think straight attack and defend games don't work. I think if you can get it so that um, it's sort of cartwheel, it's to cartwheels round on itself, you know, an attack suddenly becomes a defense. You can switch it round, keep things moving, put a few. Put a few decent random occurrences in. I'm not a great. I'm not a great lover of referees for games because I always think that's somebody who's who's not getting you know not getting to play with toy soldiers. Some people like it. Fair enough. Um, mm. Again, falls into the same category as folk dancing to me. Tried it, don't like it. <laughs> um, but but you know it's 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 to me a big game's got to, just got to, got to have a lot going for it. A lot of movement. It's got to feel big. It's not. It's not even about it looking big. Sometimes it's got to feel big. You've got to feel like you're in there. You've got to feel like you're involved. Uh, you know, you 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 really want to identify with the figures that you're playing with. And again, it's not down to scale. It's down. It's a state of mind, I think, as well. Mm. You know, in, in 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 some ways, as I say, a small game can feel big if the background that you've set it against is something much bigger. Particularly if you're playing a campaign, a campaign. You know, if you're doing like I'm doing now, where a lot of the game that I'm doing is what would happen in between these battles. You know, looking at, looking at, going back and looking at English Civil War battlefield maps and thinking, what would have happened? That farm there, or that, you know, that that group of buildings there, or that wood, if somebody'd gone in there and then had to be flushed out. Oh, let's, let's try it on a war games table. We don't know if it happened. Let's play it. 
But I'll play it, you know, on a... I'm using Grand Manor buildings, which are absolutely enormous. So you automatically need, even for a skirmish game, you need a much bigger table. But all my stuff's Grand Manor. You know, it's one of these great COVID ideas. Well, I have, I, I have, to, I have, to, I have to say, mate, that your missus can't half paint a Grand Manor building. Yeah, she's a keeper. She's almost like one of the family yeah. now, you know. <laughs> yeah, and when she listens to this, I won't be. Um, so, no, thank you. Oh, I'll, I'll pass that on. My, my missus, my missus, because um, I did a bit of um, commission painting yes, back in yeah. the day. She um, she could paint C on uh, chip bases. Yeah, and that that was it. That was as far as we got. She was quite good at it. Don't knock that, it. But don't knock it. Don't, I'm not knocking it. I am be- not. It's better it. than the old Blue Rivers business. Um, oh I've got yeah. A lot of respect but, for somebody that can do a decent a decent wave effect. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my signature dish. Nothing if I open a restaurant, yeah. you, you can have a yeah, can have a pipe block with a sea waves. Effect. Waves by Ken. Um, <laughs> you can have that one that for free. Like hairdressers, but no, it no, like no, hairdressers. Kate, Kate, my uh, my missus had absolutely. When I met her, she had absolutely no interest. She'd never even heard of wargaming. Mm. And after his first date, I, I gave her a figure, all romantic, like all <laughs> oh, painted, lovely, and. Uh, she ran away to Leeds just after that, and uh, yeah, oh. we got back together. And uh, I mean, I've been with her now what nearly forty years, but because she's lived with a, a somebody who lives and breathes gaming, yeah, you know, I mean, an absolute an absolute nutter, in other words, um, mm. <laughs> it's kind of rubbed off. And she's tried stuff, and she said, "You know, can I have a, can you know, can I have a go at one of these, or how, how do you do that?" And it's it's been great. I'm. I'm probably one of the luckiest men in the world. I've got a wife who understands the hobby, understands the cost of the hobby, which has cost a few marriages, in my experience. Yeah, I've oh, seen, God, yeah, oh yeah. I've seen I've seen figures fly from windows on the morning of triples. Yeah. Uh, as I was just talking to somebody about the other day. You know, I've I've been I'm a very lucky man. She's she's a talented artist. They did when Robbie Baker released the original Mexican American war figures, mm. he asked Kate, he saw that Kate had done some flags. And he asked her to do some, um, I think they were Mexican flags at the time, but uh, said, that's what they look like. Can you do a painting? Of it? Can you copy these? And she did them at pretty much twice, twice scale. And he said to her, he said, "Well, if you want to be, you want to be clever." He said, "There's a being Robbie, big smile on his mm. face, tongue in cheek. Uh, it's only painted. It's painted on silk. It's, it, it might bleed through to the other side." My missus went away and did it. And if I don't know who's got that flag range now, but if you actually look at that, that the the Mexican flag, she painted all the bleed through on oh, the silk, fantastic. which t- took it to a, another level. You know, you buy these, you buy so many flags now that are beautiful flags, but are essentially one sided, and they were painted. You know, they should have been painted originally. There would be a bleed through, and she did that. And she people keep saying, "Does Kate still do flags?" No, why? Because she works for a living. You know, um, she's a, you know she's a she works. She works in quite a quite a yeah. senior and privileged post. Let's put it that way. Um, I'm not giving anything away there, but um, but she she does it for a hobby now. It's her hobby, and you know she's been she's been basing stuff for me. I can't stand basing. Yeah, so and I, I, but the thing is, I don't like gardening, and she does. You see, so we have a we have a we have a fantastic arrangement, fantastic contractual yeah. arrangement. Here's here's six hundred figures that I want base that I want basing. The only things I base are the ones I paint. For work, you know, me work. I base for work. That's my job. So I'll pass Kate a massive, massive pile of bases. I'll stick them down and pass them up and say, right, usual, usual colour scheme. 
and then she gets she gets garden centre vouchers in three figure sums, multiples nice. down the year. You see, so she's she's the, the time that she can't be in the garden, she's basing, but she's but she's getting a lot of money, lots of cash for it. <laughs> um, but I do it. I, I do it in garden vouchers because I always think money's a little bit gauche, you know, pay, paying your wife's, you know. But um, but no, she. But joking aside, you know, she's happy to do the basing. So I, mm. I pay for a lot of the stuff for the garden for her. I do, but I don't have to go in the garden. Perfect. I mean, there's, there's, there's 70, 70, good 70 feet of garden that's not been paved yet. God forbid anything happens to her. But if, if it does, it'll be paved. I assure you, it'll be paved. That's the way forward. Yeah. Definitely the way forward. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah extre- <laughs> extremely talented. And I, I'm very impressed with those grandmother stuff. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, so... Have you got that feeling, as I have, that we seem to have moved away from a bigger game in the more mainstream wargaming stuff? Now, Certainly yes. the magazines and stuff, we're getting a lot of skirmish games well, and stuff like that. I, I know that you know my feelings on this, Ken, and I, <laughs> I will try to be tempered in my response. I might I, I might have poked um, the bear. You might have poked the bear, yeah. I don't think we're going to go quite nuclear because I've, I've had a couple of calming... <laughs> Cup of calming hibiscus teas. Yeah, we have. We've, we've we've come to a point where people call call thirty figures an army. Yeah, and I've I've had some I've had some nasty feedback when I've commented on this. I don't care. I don't yeah. care if if I play skirmish games. They're not armies. They are two forces. They're forces. It might sound like I'm splitting hairs, but they're not armies. To me, an army is is multiple regiments. Not a regiment. Um, I'm trying to be gentle. I, I, I really could rant here. Yeah, yeah, I could, <laughs> could really go on Nuremberg rally on this one. Um, oh, well. All right, let's have it. No, look, I don't like it. Yeah. It's not an army. 35 figures is not an army. A Saga Warband is not an army. Muskets and Tomahawks is not an army. Right. They, they're not armies. They're forces. They're warbands. The gangs. It's gang, it's gang warfare. Everything's gang warfare now. And I blame that on Games Workshop and Necromunda. Necromunda. Let the, let the record show. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, gang gang warfare. It's 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 got its place, but not in my gaming room, unfortunately. Oh. I've, you know, if if that's your thing, fine. But yeah. but just think about. Go away. Read about the period that you you supposedly played. Try and read something about small actions of that period and look at the terminology that they, that they used. My wife was just going to go down the ACW route and she'd got nine or ten Perry's Battle in a Box sets lined up. A fair a fair number. Not the largest number you've ever seen, but a fair number. Mm, yeah. And she's just now started reading about small battles and, mm. and companies being involved and a company of this and Company K and Troop D. And she's just said, right, most of that can go. And I'm going to do it from this view because it'll become very samey. So, yeah, she's playing small games. She's playing warband games, but she's learning the terminology. Don't call them an army. Don't call them an army. Call them what they are. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing to be ashamed of by saying, look, I've got a complete company in one-to-one of American Civil War Zwarves. Good on you. You can put a lot of, You can put a lot into that, but they're a company. They're not an army. But, no, for me, big battles. Big battles yeah. apart from well, the English Civil War and the that, other that pirate sounded, project that I've but, not mentioned, yeah. but pirates are in there soon as well. That sounded like my fa- my faction rant. 
Oh. I'm waving at you here, Ken. Ken can, just so you can see people, I'm holding my hands up in, in submission to Ken. I agree. Yeah, faction. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Zip. My, yeah, my granddad, bless him, he's no longer with us, but he was in the desert um, fighting uh, mostly Italians because uh, uh, he'd gone by the time the Germans turned up. Wise move. Yeah, good idea, that one. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Um, but if I said, Grandad, which faction were you in? He'd have smacked me across the head with the biggest thing you could find. Yeah. This is not a fucking faction. I fought for the yeah. British in the fucking desert. Yeah, it would have, yeah. My my grandfather would have been the same. I fought for the yeah. British Army. Yeah. It would have been I fought I was in the British Army and I fought the German army. He had a few th- he had a few things to say about factions within the German army, as I think everybody did. Uh, but that's the difference, people, between a faction and an army. <laughs> oh, dear. The brown shirts oh. are a faction. Yeah. 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 All right. Let it. Anyway. Let it. Let it go there, Mark. Before we. Yeah. <laughs> let me. Let me. Blood pressure yeah. drop a little bit now. As you can see, I've got a bit red faced there. Ken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, myself. Um. Yes. So. We've had a chat about big games, and uh, what I wanted to do also in this section, um, because uh, the place where I saw some of the best big games, and I've and I put some of my own big games on, um, was was Sheffield Triples, and Sheffield Triples, um, it had a sad end, but it will be forever my favourite war game show. Absolutely, Um, and I thought it would be a great idea chatting with you because I know. Um, that I, I mean, I saw you many times there. Uh, we, yes. we're finally yes. talking to each other now, but yeah. I will, you know, we'll, we'll have interacted unknowingly. One scene uh, never times. forgotten, exactly. <laughs> um, so what what are your memories of triples at the Sheffield show that, that was? Let's let's say best memories. The that that the thing that we, we all call the golden age, that kind of early 80s to later mid you know late mid 80s that was triples at its absolute finest that was mm. british war gaming at its finest in my opinion it is only my mm. opinion the games that you got were fantastic the the scope of the scope of games and the size of games the quality of games was was consistent every year it was good it was there were big games there were beautifully thought out games didn't matter what period it was didn't matter even if it, if it, even if it was weird shit it was weird shit done well um, yeah. I mean, just absolute quality. The traders, phew, resellers, resellers were not a thing. Actual traders came. I know times have changed, but shows, oh, don't, yeah, well, we'll not go down that road yet. But you got people like, like again, Essex Miniatures, who came, mm-hmm. they drove up to Sheffield, two-day show. You could see Essex Miniatures on the stand. You could buy them on the stand. You got tabletop games with the late Bob Connor. An yes, absolute staple. You got irregular miniatures. That stand, that stand cost me more pocket money as a kid. Why the bloody hell I wanted 50, 25 mil rabbits, I will never know. I didn't know then. I don't know now. But that's what I'm saying. You could buy board games. You could buy role-playing games. The whole mm. thing, the whole thing was, was, it was a proper weekend. After triples, people would be off to pubs all around Sheffield. You'd bump into groups of war gamers. In curry houses, uh, you could sometimes get an altercation with war gamers in a curry house. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's another story. Triples for me was I loved no, I loved Northern Military, 
I thought mm, Northern Militaire was great. What I can say is, at 13-year-old, 14-year-old, I was going all over the country with people twice my age, perfectly safely, enjoying this hobby. Just enjoying the hobby. Most of it, most of the ones I went to were in the north, like Northern Mill, Fiasco. Um, oh, God. There was the one at Harrogate. Uh, oh, Re yes. Recon. Recon, Recon yeah. Which I still mm. love. Small show, but I love yeah. it. Triples was the one. That was the one that every year, that was the one. Not just because I was from Sheffield. It's where I started, and it's where kind of like my heart, my heart was, you know, was stuck, yeah. if you like. And I mean, as a kid, I'd save. I'd start saving and start saving in January every every penny I could. I was painting painting at fourteen year old. In between, you know, when I should have been doing my own work, I was painting figures. <laughs> uh, Fifty quid a week in nineteen eighty three went a long oh, way. Oh, hey, that's and a I could lot do, of money. That I could, do, I could do that painting in painting in eighty three. Um, and I paid for my hobby, but I went all over the country. But I still, still the one that the one that did it for me was triples. It was a well run show. Sometimes, you know, every show has its ups and downs. Every organisation has its has its mm. has its hiccups. But it was a friendly show, and it was run it was run by gamers, for gamers. Um, a lot of the companies that came were gamers. They weren't companies first and gamers second. They were gamers. Just just fantastic times. The people I met and the the, the life lessons I learned at Sheffield Triples. That's a book in itself. Fantastic. But you saw people. As I say, I, I I gamed in sort of five or six different groups in Sheffield through a week, as well as you know like my own little like like my own little bands of friends that met, but actual organised clubs, and you saw all these people in one place at one time, for you know for one weekend, and yeah. you just lived and breathed from Friday night when they set up, uh, you know when I, when I was with Sheffield War Game Society, they set up on a Friday night, you'd you'd what well, even when you were set up you'd be sat in the bar upstairs. Talking to you know to the likes of John Armitage, a gentleman, an absolute gentleman wargamer, John Armitage, a Sheffield Wargame Society. Um, I could sit and listen to John for hours. I learned so much just listening to me, you know, to me elders and betters. And I don't think you see that so much these days. Everybody thinks you know that a quick click on the internet tells you everything. It doesn't, you know. There seem there seems to be a let's go into the show and and go. Yeah. by like one o'clock or two o'clock and and i remember um the used to he'd go upstairs at sheffield and then there was that back room where you had some traders there was yep. a little bar on the left just before you you got to i think i can't remember there was a, a guy who used to sell painted figures on the right hand side yep just when you got through that door i spent hours in there just chatting absolutely and, yeah and drinking uh, uh and enjoying the hobby with people that i i knew and I, I don't do that show. Well, to be fair, I've started to do that again at shows now. I've started to, I'm not drinking beer because I'm driving. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm starting to sit and drink tea and, and talk to people yeah. at a show rather than just buggering off at one o'clock. Yeah. I mean, I got um, to see, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm talking yeah, over you. I do apologize. Yeah, I'll go on, mate. Go on. No, I'm just saying, I'm, 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 I think the, the longest that I've stayed at a show was last fiasco. Where I ended up, I think you saw me sat sat in the foyer, yeah. drinking, talking to a friend's a friend's wife and kids, and me, you know, me, me, you know, families were chatting, you know, but only a couple of war gamers that I knew, and that's the longest I've stayed at a show. I was there at ten, and I left pretty much as the doors closed. I I'll, I'll put my hand up these days, unless unless that show's got a bring and buy, yeah, and 
with a very good reason. I won't stay at that show because the stuff that's there is all resellers. 95% a lot of the time is resellers. If you're lucky, you might get one that's only got 50, you know, 50% re resellers. The shows should be, in my opinion, reaching out, reaching out to companies and saying, mm. please come. Look, we know you're coming from Essex to the north. Please come. Yeah. You know, there are ways you can do it. Look at if, the way that BritCon works, the trade show at BritCon. You don't pay to go into the, into the show at BritCon. So if you think about it, if you go to a show and you don't have to pay on the door, you've got more money in your pocket. Now, if that's only a fiver, that's a fiver you can spend at that show. Yeah. Now, you times that by 500 people, mm. that's a hefty amount of money to go across to traders, particularly when times are hard. I think, I think clubs, clubs running shows are starting to get a little bit greedy. There are certain, certain things that I've seen at shows and I've thought the way you're doing things is not working. You know, I've seen it from both sides of the counter. Don't try and don't charge six pounds to walk into a show where people are going to, are going to charge money, charge a reasonable fee. Most shows will make their money off the trade stands. And I would argue that with anybody. And if not, you're doing yeah. it wrong, right? Find a balance, make it affordable to people. Talk to the local press. I mean, triples mm. always used to be, used to be covered in the press. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you remember really back in the 80s, they actually used to have uh, peace protesters. Yes, I remember Pro them. Protesting triples. Well, well, yeah. well. Yeah. Wow. Oh, they, were, they were like rabid dogs. My, oh. my, my goodness. As I say, um, the only... Didn't they, didn't, they, didn't they kind of like slowly melt away? I, I, I seem to remember that there was a load one year ah, and then oh. <clears throat> and then it sounds like 10 the next year and then one bloke and his dog the year after. Rumor, rumor has it, rumor has it, and this, this is only scurrilous rumor, people. Yeah, we like um, that. Scurrilous rumor is that they were quote-unquote infiltrated in the night um, <laughs> and... Uh, and changed changed allegiances and went away. Uh, that might be that might be a pure folk tale, but that's one that went round in the area at many clubs for many years. That they were they were in some way, which I won't repeat here, infiltrated and uh, and uh, demobbed. But yeah, yeah, it oh, used to be. It that. could. I mean, when the first uh, the, the first time I came across it, I couldn't believe it. Uh, as you say, it was the time that I mean, I started back back when Triples was at the Victoria Hotel. The, the old railway hotel, mm. beautiful building. And if I looked behind me, I could tell you the first year I went, uh, mm. it's, it's on my first painting trophy. And, uh, but that, that was a nice venue, but the, the peace protesters, we lost those once it went away from Victoria, uh, to the best of my knowledge, like you say, it became kind of like, you know, one man and his dog and a pair of wellies, yeah. but no, they, they were, they were a real, I mean, they were a real, they, they, they genuinely thought that we were going to bring on World War Three by moving toy soldiers around. Yeah. Now the only way you're going to bring on World War Three in 1983 is under WRG rolling three sixes if you've paid for a nuke. Exactly. Um, <laughs> if you don't understand that, people, go and read a set of old WRG <laughs> modern rules. Yeah. Three sixes, you could set a nuke off. I think, uh, I think we we upped it to three twenties on a D twenty because we thought three sixes was too easy. That's a little modern. Uh, <laughs> steady on, it's almost Dungeons and Dragons, that. It is that, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It is, yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, triples was was a was a brilliant show. It's a brilliant time. As I say, the eighties, I, I loved triples right up right up to the end. And I've probably got some re I've probably got some good reasons I which I won't go into not to. But that said, it was a, a it was a good show. All politics aside. It was mm. a good show. It showed the hobby in a positive way. 
and it, it, you know, there'd be there'd be quizzes, there'd be quizzes at, at, at local yeah. hotels after the show. So if you were staying over at Triples, if you wanted to, you could go out on the piss, you could go back to your hotel room, or you could go and you know go and take part in in, in festivities with other war gamers. And you're not seeing that now. I think the I think. It might come round again, but I don't think it'll come round with the same camaraderie. People knew each other. There wasn't so much of a there wasn't so much of a barrier between, if you like, the names in the hobby, so mm. you know, with, with air, air quotes, and Joe Average Gamer. They just happened to have written a set of rules. Yeah, you know, um, Pete Benny was a prime example of that. Brilliant rules writer. He's done a lot for the hobby. Fantastic. Mm. But Pete was Pete. You could walk up to Pete. I remember being studying Games Workshop on a, a morning. And Peter coming in and saying to the assistant manager, I've just been working on a new set of uh, English, well, pike and, it's a pike and shot rules. Now, I don't know which set that went on to be. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, sus- I'm suspecting it's forlorn hope. But, you know, to actually be there and hear that said, you know, and you don't hear that now. And, it's, and when you do hear it, it's, it's all airified. But down then it was real grassroots gaming. It was brilliant. You know, the games were good. People cared about what they put on. As we've said, Selyoak and District, their Napoleonic games. The Players Guild, uh, you know, brought around all the Games Workshop-based yeah. stuff. Massive display games, you know, stuff that you only saw in magazines. Uh, it was either at Salute or it was at Triples. And it was Salute if you lived in the South. It was Triples if you are in the North. Yeah. And then you got Northern Military, which was a, a brilliant show, but it wasn't Triples. Mm. Yeah. For, a, for a start, it was in Mordor. It was over there. The it, other place. Was. it was in yeah. the other place, so you know you had to had to get your shots for that one. Being a Yorkshire, yeah, bit of a bit of a uh, bit of uh, incantation before yeah, you entered yeah. the uh, the area. Yeah, few 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 prayers and check your insurance. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean the the, the the triple show. As I say, I absolutely loved it. The stuff that I saw there that inspired me. South London Warlords bringing a starship game, where all the mm. starships were made out of things like ballcocks and funnels. <laughs> yes, sir. And if you saw that, you'll know exactly what I mean. It sounds sounds boring, but if you saw it, there were there were big models. You know, they were a foot, two foot long, up on on big flight stands, and they were walking between you know between the ships to move them. That that back then set standards. You know, it it that's what it got me into big games. That got me thinking mm. about big games. You know, and you know, I'll be forever forever in the debt of the people that that showed me. You know, showed me what it was about. The people from Sheffield War Games Society, John Armitis, Lloyd Powell, you know, Ian Ian Smith, uh, Steve Roberts. You know, I I could I could list them. You know, Roy Gunson, mm. somebody mm. who's who's forgotten in this hobby. The, they they were really at the the you know the top of the game. As were some of the lads from Leeds. There were names. The clubs used to it seemed to intermingle a lot more as well. Yeah, you know, we we used to, we used to regularly yeah. meet up with um, Sheffield a few times and Hull. I remember. Yeah, uh, and we'd you know they'd come over to us. We'd go over to those and we'd just have friendly games and sit and chat during the day. And yeah. that just seems to have disappeared. Yeah, I mean, you never got war games hooliganism, did you? And, you know, we never we never, we never came up wearing, wearing us colours. You know, looking yeah. for a rook. Uh, but no, <laughs> as you say, but people, but people, you know, but you 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 might only see people at a show. Mm. Um, you know, and it's you go up and oh, there's so and so, and you know, you'd, you'd competitions were fun back then. You know, because they weren't they weren't so much pushed by companies. They were actual war games. I'm not a competition player. I've played it a few times when I was younger. Um, but the, but the characters that you saw, you know, playing in these competitions, um, the great the great Bruce Douglas, 
if, if anybody knows Bruce Douglas, you'll know what I mean. One of the most enter- how entertaining to watch somebody play a war game. Yeah. You know, there, there were people, the real characters. You know, uh, and I think we've lost mm. a lot of that now. Says mm. he through through tears. Um, <laughs> but yeah. no, I mean, I, it's I, I, it, 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 it is a shame that we've lost that in the hobby, not just at triples. Yeah. It, it it might go back. I mean, you know, things things go around and come around. I'd like to see it, you know, in my lifetime, do it. But it's very very hard when you're trying to you know tell people that have only been gaming since shock the late nineties. You know what it was like back in the day. You can't <laughs> you can't convey words. There was a smell to triples. There was the smell of beer, the smell of the carpet shampoo they'd use when they went to the Octagon Centre because yeah. I think I think uh, the Octagon Centre closed down for student use uh, that weekend, which was why it was that weekend, I believe. But you could always smell the carpet shampoo and pipe tobacco. Now, that is the mark. Now, I'm not a smoker. I'm not a smoker, but that is the, to me, that is the mark of a good War Games convention. Yeah. You know, brook me no butts on on that one. A bit of of St. Bruno drafting across the... That's the one. Yep. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, or, I, golden, or the, golden Virginia. The, yeah, there used to be a couple of ladies who used to do the food and stuff, and oh, they were. We used to have a chat and a laugh with them every year. Yeah, it was. It was just. It was just a, a fantastic time. I've just got to tell a story that I nearly Go died. On, I nearly died on the way to triples one year, um, and I will always remember um, that we. Um, I wasn't driving; I was a passenger. And we came round this corner and there was a, a blue Ford Transit on the wrong side of the road coming straight towards us. Eat. And I just re- I just remember closing my eyes and thinking, I'm going to die in a larder, fo- in a larder no, it wasn't a larder, a Yugo 55. And I've not even bought my figures. And I've, I've not got my <laughs> figures. And, and, and all I'm going to say is, Ken Riley died in a Yugo 55. That uh, would have been and, embarrassing, I, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, I opened my eyes and the, the transit had gone and we got to the show. Uh, but yeah, that was a, a dangerous, dangerous. And you were saying about Irregular, and Irregular are, I think, the equivalent to a, a heavy night out drinking because you come away from it and you're not quite sure what you've done. Right. Okay. And you wake, you wake up and you think, like you say, where, where, where have I got? 18, 25 mil ducks. Yeah, it gets right. worse. It gets <laughs> worse. On. Right. Uh, what, what what I would like to say is, just before I, I tell this one, Irregular Miniatures, uh, we were at York this year at Vapnatak, and Ron, Ron, the founder of uh, Irregular, yeah. was there. And it was an absolute pleasure. I didn't get a chance to go up and say hello to him. It was a pleasure just to see Ron behind the stand. He was holding court and people were going up and they were paying their respects to that oh, man. And, what a guy! What a guy! Let, the, let this record show that is a man who deserves <laughs> a lot of respect in this hobby. But yeah, when they, it was triples, I believe that Irregular launched their six mil figures, right? And they were a game changer because they had the bases built in, as everybody mm, will probably yeah. know. Uh, that was a hallmark that's been copied so many times since. And they turned up and they brought army pack after army pack after army pack, and me being me. And being a little bit petulant, all my mates wanted to get into this newfangled six mil. And I'm about 14 year old, you know, young and yeah. young and impressionable. <laughs> and I wanted to go and get me some weird shit action from, yeah. from tabletop games, heroes, miniatures, and tabletop games. Yeah, so I wandered off there, came back, and thought, I will. I'll go. I'll go and I'll 
I'll, I'll go and buy a, a nice ancient army. Ancient, ancient since, ancient since six mil. I can, I can see this working. Went across to ask Ian. Sold out. Right. Okay. They've sold out. That's unfortunate. So I went back to the control area where we all used to dump our stuff. Excuse me. Sheffield War Games Society's dumping ground. Uh, one mic, one microphone, thirty beers, forty coats and wallets, and about five hundred, about five hundred kilos of metal <laughs> over yeah. a weekend. And uh, I went back. My mates are all sat there, and they've got bag after bag after bag of these armies. They've gone up. They, you name it, they've done it. So I went up and said, "Well, I was going to join you." And you know, again, being young lads, they thumbing the nose at me. You know, you can you can sod off. You weren't interested. More fool me. So they they, 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 they they kindly said, well, we've got one here that we don't want to use. Now, mm. you've got to bear in mind, this is a weekend where a company has launched something new. First time ever. First time it's been out. You can get six mil elephants. You can get six mil camels. You can get six mil chariots. You name it, you can get it. Six mil. I end up with an ancient Frankish army. Right. Which is 50 bases of identical, boring models. Yeah. And I was that desperate to stay in on the ground floor with my mates. <laughs> yeah. A week later, they're parading these armies, 50 chariots, ancient British chariots, all these naked fanatics. Me, bag of francs. A bag of francs. <laughs> that turned that turned me off to six mil for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, but no, but but you got things like this. You got new products being launched at triples, but yeah, irregular miniatures, they've got a lot to answer for. But I still, I've, in fact, I'm sat here now looking at six of their figures that I've got to paint for myself, and I am going to paint them. And it's the two Celtic druids sacrificing a sheep with two fires and two wailing women, uh, yeah. which, they've, which they've remodelled for shame. And I'm going to really, I'm actually going to enjoy doing those. I'll when I have me month, when I have me month holiday, I'll uh, I'll be painting those. But I like irregular figures. I love the variety. They brought a variety that you can't see. Uh, they still do. I mean, obviously they still do. They're still going. But you know, back then it was a big trade stand. And, you know, because you could physically go up and pick figures, brilliant. There was no barrier between you and the lead. Yeah. And if there's, if there's, if there's anything that you can't find, go to Irregular. Yeah. If you want to experience old-school wargaming, go up yeah. and have an, hour, have an hour just touching as many Irregular figures as you can. And that headache you get from the lead yeah. is just like the 80s. That's the 80s wargaming. You touch that much real lead. You got headache, and it's it's. But no, that that tactile thing sold so many things. I'm sure that sold so many figures. The ability to pick the figure up, you know, look at that duck and look at that rabbit, and do I really want another battering ram? You know, I've yep. got six. Do I want another from the English Civil War army? You're 14. Yeah. You can do what you like. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah, and I think I think there's a lot of modern companies now that could learn from that, and there's a few shows mm. that could learn by. Going back and looking at looking at you know shows like Triples and Northern Military and looking at what the trade. If, if I'm sure you, if you ask around, you'll find people who've got programs from those shows that are a collectors thing now, um, and you can see the list of traders. And most a lot of those traders, not all of them, but most of those traders are still going. Do something to encourage them back. Don't just bring the big box companies that are producing, you know, stuff that's. Yeah. Way too expensive. You can war game on. You can war game well on a budget. Learn your companies. Learn mm. your companies. And triples did that you, because you physically got to see all these companies. One of the few shows that did. Yeah, and it, it and it was it was an absolutely uh, highlight of the war gaming year. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's sadly, sadly missed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for that, mate. Um, we shall have another break and we'll be back with our world famous quiz. Okay, we are back with the feature section of the Yorkshire Gamer podcast. And the first bit is the quiz. Um, and uh, the little disclaimer at the start that we always have that this isn't how good a war gamer you are, this is how Yorkshire gamer you are. Um, so uh, I think you've listened to this a few times, Mark. I so have indeed. Have some answers already made. Um, but this is uh, usually one or the other or a yes or no answer. Um, and then sometimes we just have a chat and uh, a laugh about some of the uh, the answers um so question one uh, go big or go home go big go big excellent um oh interested interested for this one contrast paints great or a gimmick absolute heresy oh, a gimmick a gimmick a gimmick, gimmick. Oh, and i can prove it excellent well we'll get to that yeah. i'm sure when we talk about your Feel painting uh, um paintbrushes Windsor and Newton, posh southern stuff, or Yorkshire made pro art? Rosemary. You're a rosemary. Yorkshire made rosemary. I've been I've been ooh for many a year now. Well, I'm actually going to Pro Art in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, you little so sinker. I, I, yeah. I am going to um because I, I I used to be in the area where I worked and they're not far away from each other, so yeah. there must be some link. So I should try and find out when I'm over there. But yes, the Rosemary and Co. But they are, no, they, 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 they are Yorkshire, so that's all that matters. Yeah. That's only what, just yeah. Cow, Cowlin's only about that far away from the that's, Lancashire that, border. That, that's like saying Manchester's only that far from Lancashire border. It's still over the border. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> An outpost. Yeah. An outpost of sanity. Um, there's a little place called Bentham, which is further up the dale and that's gone from yorkshire to lancashire about four or five times over yeah it's a bit like it's a bit like skilmersdale nobody, yeah skilmersdale yeah, nobody wants it. It. yeah yeah <laughs> just bugger off i don't want you anyway um 96 figures is that an army or a unit of pike it's a it's a unit of pike I, for, for a moment there i almost said army just to have people go oh <gasps> after what he just said no it's 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 a unit it's a regiment it's it's, yeah, it's a faction. It is a <coughs> faction. <laughs> Six by four table, big game or small? That's uh, what I put my lunch on when we run a game. <laughs> a side table. It is. It's a side table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, playing a game. Are you going to go for points based or historical order of battle? Um. Historical order, it, it won't be points based. It, it would be it would be historical order of battle, but in terms, I would say more historical composition, shall we say? Because okay. I'm, I'm not a great one for refighting battles, and that I'm just qualifying what I'm saying. But yeah, historical yeah. over points. No worries. Uh, question seven: um, Do you use a wet palette or an old bit of MDF to mix your paints? It'd be a piece of MDF, or in my case, a nice ceramic plate bought from a charity oh, shop in North Yorkshire. Right, yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah. We, we like those ceramic plates. They're really They're good. They're great. Um, undercoating. Are you were black, black or white? Straight away, black. 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 Excellent. Um, drinking. Is it Yorkshire tea or dirty mucky coffee? Morning, it's coffee. and the afternoon, it's Yorkshire tea. And today, as you've seen, it's Taylor's 
tailors of Harrogate, which is Yorkshire people, fruit teas. Fruit teas nice. because you don't want me on caffeine while I'm being interviewed. <laughs> Excellent. Um, war games units, tightly packed or socially distanced? Not socially distanced, but but tightly packed, but allowing for the, the size of the figures. Because yes. obviously older base sizes, older base sizes, you can't get modern figures on. So I, I don't, yeah. I don't have them particularly spaced out, but I do allow for the size of modern figures. I think I've increased yeah. by about twenty percent on the old sizes, so they are still tightly, they are still tightly packed. Um, some of them Victrix horses are just so big you can't get them on the base. Yeah, but they plastic, um, they plastic, aren't they? Those. They are. Yeah. Well, stop. Shit. Go back. Go back to metal. They'll always be smaller because it costs more money to make a metal horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've I've um, I tried them for my um, Punic Romans yeah. and uh, couldn't get them on the base, so I had to sling them and get some um, Aventine miniatures, yeah. which are absolutely they are gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely, lovely, absolutely gorgeous. Um, question eleven, doing very well so far. Um, Two-hour club game or a weekend monster game? Weekend monster game, always. Yeah. Interesting on this one. We're talking uh, with our Nick Skinner question. Uh, this is avocado. Are they just posh, mushy peas? I like avocado, but yes, they are just posh, mushy peas. You can do with avocado what you can do with mushy peas, and you don't yeah. burn your mouth. To me, it's mushy. It's cold, mushy peas. Have it with cold fish. Nice, nice seafood dish. Mix some avocado, up, but it, it is, it is. Yeah, it's. It's just mushy it's just, peas. Just posh mushy peas. It? it is. Yeah. 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 Painted green. Yeah. yeah simple. Um, the universal question around dice. Allowed or banned on your table? Shall I just rattle this box down here that I know has got one in it? Uh, not allowed. I own, I own them, but they are banned. I got given one. Yes. Yes. Absolute. Yeah, I've got a few more you can have here if you really want them. No, including including the original D hundred. Oh my God, was that oh, amazing? Yep. No, best use for that. I've, sling bullets. Yep. Use it. Okay. Use them as a sling bullet. I've rolled this. I must have rolled it about thirty times for a laugh, and about twice it's actually come up on a number. Yep. Absolutely useless. Yeah, we need to find out who invented the round dice. Answer a postcard or email to Yorkshire Gamer at gmail.com I could possibly answer that for you but I won't let's keep it as a competition <laughs> yeah yeah you get you get to win half half of my uh, prison sentence for when I find them why don't why don't you just give them half the round dice just that yeah, that that would yeah. actually come up on a number wouldn't it yeah the same number Depen every depending time, on how but... you cut it but yeah at least <laughs> at least get some kind of result yeah you could cut it so that only the six was left yeah. And every time you rolled it, it'd be a six. <laughs> anyway, that'd be cheating. Yeah. Right, so down the chippy, uh, are you going to have Haddock or Cod? Haddock. Um, do you like a good table and a set of rules? I do. I do, as long, mm. as, it's, as, long as it's fun. Just a set of numbers? No. Give me something that describes how you mutilate your opposition. 95 yeah. different results for mutilating your opposition. I'm good with that. But just numbers... No, they don't really. T I use them, but they don't turn me on. I remember we used to have a. I can't remember what it was called. We used to, we had a. I can't remember. If it was a fan, either a fantasy set of rules or a 
role playing game. Rollmaster. That had a table like that in it. Rollmaster. Was that it? Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Disem- disembowels, dies in three turns and all that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Left eye, left eyeball table. pops, right eyeball goes in. Minus one next oh. next to t- yeah oh. yeah. Rollmaster. That's that's answered the question. That's, that weird, that's weird shit. Weird shit again for you. It was. It yeah. was. I did a bit of um, what was the what Middle Earth role playing was the one same, that we did. Same, same parent system. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that. Did both both the same system. Yeah. Uh, Same company. Oh, there we go. There you go. Um, question 16. 28 mil is king. Yes or no? Um, yes, unless it's not your thing. Yeah. So for me, 28 mil is king. Um, and I'm not taking anything away, but obviously I would say if you can go 28 mil, go 28 mil. If you can't, do the best you can. Sorry, I've, I've waffled on there. But yeah, for me, 28 mil is king. Excellent. Uh, 17, unpainted miniatures allowed on the table, yes or no? Get your coat, you're leaving. <laughs> I, um, think, I think that's put, a no. That's a no, definitely. That's a no, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah definitely. Um, football question, are you, are you into football at all? I'm not at all, but I will say, Excellent. I know the question and the answer for me is Bradford City. For reasons, for reasons you wouldn't believe. Uh, yeah. Very quickly, I was up in Bradford to go and look at a cheeky little art gallery last summer, and we yeah. got lost. The sat nav, we couldn't get the sat nav to work, and I actually navigated by the Bradford City ground. Oh yes, because there's that. Yeah. I think there's a big Tesco to one side of it. There's a supermarket yeah. to one yeah. side. We got stuck in that car park for twenty minutes. Right, and we yeah. navigated out by finding Bradford City signage and going that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So there you are, Bradford City, but for no sporting yeah, reasons. You go up the hill and turn right, and there's the I can't remember the name of it now, but there's a little art gallery up yes, there. Yeah, the, the yeah, Hockney, yeah. Hockney stuff. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, and I, I refuse to say Leeds United because my parents, my, my parents bought me a Leeds United kit when I was about eight years old. With no interest in football, they bought me that instead of an action man, and I have never forgiven them for that. Oh, never forgiven cruel. them. That's cruel. That harsh, cruel. Harsh. Cruel, cruel and unusual punishment, as they, yeah. as they say in America. That's how, how my wife describes me. <laughs> uh, question 19, yes. I think I know this one. Yorkshire or the other place over the hill? Uh, is there anywhere else? Yorkshire, of, <laughs> exactly. Yorkshire, of course. Oh. Of, of course. Um, and finally, interested, interested on your thoughts on this one. Uh, Games Workshop, are they the work of the devil? Now I think they're the work of the devil. Yeah. I think modern day workshop, I would say work of the devil. I just don't like it. I can't. I don't like being pounced on when I walk into a shop, blah, blah, blah. Uh, ask, when we see each other in, uh, in, in, in person, ask me about my experience in Games Workshop when I got meet. I got meted and greeted, as they say. Uh, it didn't happen a second time, let's put it that way. Um, I think I think when Games Workshop was truly a Games Workshop, and you could buy historical games, yeah. you could buy board games, you could buy you name it. Yes, it was a yeah. br- it was a brilliant place, and it was it was it really was a Games Workshop. But yeah, you're, you're on about my my thoughts on that one. It's yeah, it's the great Satan now to me. But back in the day, back in the early pre pre probably 1988, it was it was a wonderful place, and I wouldn't have been where I am now without that. And without managers and managers like you know, like Pete Berry, every shop was different. Yeah, every shop you went into was different. It kind of reflect it, it kind of reflected the personality of the, the person that was running it, yes. rather than yeah. having like a corporate 
sort of plan pressed upon you. It would. If I can just just quickly say, if anybody's at all interested in, in looking at Workshop in the early days, there's a fantastic book that came out uh, just this year called The Dice Men mm. uh, by, the, by Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston. And it's got some fantastic mm. photos of all the branches. So the Sheffield branch. And I, I, yeah. I, I just sat there going back down. Oh, do you know? <laughs> And I was actually more interested in the bakery next door. Do you remember that bakery, Hagenbach's Bakery? They were the yeah. Greg. They were the Gregs of the day. Yeah, they were the Gregs of the day, and we, you know, we used to run out of Games Workshop for a sandwich, and then back into Games Workshop, you know, and try not to get grease on Pete's on Pete's stock. How uh, we, we didn't get terminated in that shop, I'll never know. But yeah, great Satan now, wonderful, wonderful angelic place back then. Back in the day, yeah, sorry. excellent. No, no worries. Well, you've done extremely well, mate. You're on ninety percent, which I think is extremely good. It's, uh, the upper quartile, as as we say. I can live with that. I'm Yorkshire. Yeah. I'm Yorkshire enough. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Not bad at all. Um, so the next part of the features section yes. is room one hundred and one, um, and we've had a couple of rants already from you, which is uh, great to hear. Are you ready? Um, I'm a. So, have you got one? I have. I've got two, but you can have this one. Rule, rules that cost more than the bloody figures that you're using. Right? Okay, you've done it. You've let me out of the box. Right? Always off. You pay 120 quid for a set of rules. You buy yeah. your you buy your faction. You buy your faction, let's say warband people. And then you have to buy a book for that and dice for that. And you spend 70 quid on your figures, 250 quid on your rules. Yeah. There's something wrong in the balance there. I'm sorry, but as you can see, I'm rolling my eyes here, Ken, and sitting back in my chair and puffing myself up, as you can probably see on the camera. I'm I'm glad people can't see this because I'm red-faced. Ooh, it gets my my goat right up. No, your your rules should be affordable. It's about the figures. It's not about bloody big rule books. I can guarantee... From that rule book, there'll be about four pages that are actually rules. Don't, don't go down that road. You can't half of these rule so, books. Half of these rule books, forty quid a time. You can't read them. They've got that much stuff printed behind your text. Ooh, yeah. ooh, bad indexes. Oh, if they've got, if there's an index at all. Oh, just. Oh, we've 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 had the no indexing if, rules if, before. If you're going to do it, do two kinds of rules. Yeah. Do two ca- do a big fancy book for your people that really can't get by without a picture every three three lines, <laughs> yeah. and do a do a book of rules for people that want to get the toy soldiers out and play with the bloody toy soldiers. Yeah, Ooh. I've gone all northern. Oh, yeah. I've gone all professionally northern now. At th- <laughs> I'm fair fair riled. I am fair riled. Oh, yeah. that's an ex- that's yeah. an excellent I'm one. That is, you, Warlord Games. Yeah. It's, I have to say, um, I, I can't remember which one it, it was. Probably Hail Caesar, maybe. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of, I've, I bought it, and it's this massive, thick box. I'm thinking, yep. oh, this is going to be brilliant. There's going to be loads of detail in here. And then there's like four pages of rules, and then there's a summary of the rules that's a little bit longer than four pages, and then there's thousands of pictures. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's all right. I don't, I, I don't mind a bit of eye candy, but if you're going to write a rule book, put rules in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, or or be honest and say that you're releasing a paint a, a paint a, a painting book. 
uh, with a mini rules set in it. Be honest about it. Stand up, you know. If you can do it exactly. in four pages, make your book four pages. Uh, well, that's definitely well, going in. Yeah. No problems. No problems with that one. Um, so we'll move on to the final section of the um, features section, and that's the Desert Island War Game. Um, so Desert Island Discs uh, is uh, Radio 4, Radio 2 program now, um, where somebody gets stranded on a desert island and they can take certain items with them. So if you were to take a game with you, it can be anything, uh, size-wise, no restrictions, what would be the one game that you'd want to have with you? Assuming you mean a miniatures game here. Can be anything. Can be anything. I was choosing a board game in the past. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think I would probably take a nice generic twenty-five, well, twenty-five, twenty-eight mil Italian wars game. Oh, right. Because it can be a multiplicity of different things. You can fight so many battles off that core collection. Some Mm. nice, some nice, simple terrain. Good looking, Mm. but simple. Yeah, you know, I've got to think about people that have got to get this stuff onto Desert Island for me. So, you know, maybe a nice something reasonable, fifteen by five, twelve by twelve by five. Plenty of troops, plenty of colour, lots of flags. Italian oh. wars. Can't I can't get bored with Italian wars. I've done no, it to death, and I still can't tire of it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is my favourite period as well as most people know. Yeah. Um, the second thing you can take is uh, a book. Um, what would you uh, like to take along with you? I would actually take, um, I, I, I've mentioned this one, I would take The Dice Men. Oh, yes. The, um, yeah, yeah. Because that book, for me, is has got so much of my life in it and so much about, you know, so much about people that I know and knew. Um, and it's an interesting read. Uh, I'm getting more and more into reading things about the hobby rather than, you know, and the hobby in all its forms. I'm just doing nothing but read books about it. But that's the book I'd take. It's plenty of eye candy, plenty of text, great anecdotes, great memories. Hmm. And it's decent paper, so if I dropped it dropped it in my lagoon while I was there right. on a Sunday morning, I'd stand a good chance in warm weather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I have, to, I have to say that I've, I've not read it yet. Um, I, I haven't got a copy. But everyone I've spoken to who, who has read it, um, has said that it's a fantastic read because quite often you can get books that on a subject that you're really into and because yeah. it's just so boring you kind of put it down and get it's, rid of it it's one you can it's one you can dip into mm. and then you, and you'll miss something you go back and read it again it's 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 worth every penny it's it's a real real work of love it's fantastic excellent looking forward to it. I, I will get a copy of it eventually um and finally um a war games unit, one that particularly means something to you, or one Ooh. that you've coveted over the years. Now then, it would be. Um, hmm. It's one I coveted when I was a kid, uh, and again, it's back to that Selyokan District display yeah. game with the Irish, the Irish regiments, oh. the French Irish regiments in the green and yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gloss, you... gloss finish, gloss finish, 36-man units, connoisseur figures, Tetrion Basin, Gilder-esque, you know, touched by the hand of St. Peter himself. Oh, yeah. All day. I'm I'm not a Napoleonic fan, like I said, but that I saw that unit two or three times in the flesh, and every time I went all I went all warm in the knees. 
<laughs> yeah, the Irish Brigade unit yeah. is uh, is, a, is an all time classic. It, uh, it certainly is. It is right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, we shall have another quick break, and uh, we shall be back for our big topic very shortly. Okay, we are back now and we're just going to talk about our big topic and uh, with Mark there's quite a lot of subjects to cover uh, so we'll we'll do what we can in the, in the time that we have uh, available. Um, so the first thing, we, we talked earlier on about your blog and um, you, you obviously enjoy writing. Um, is that something that's, that's come from school? Um, it was, yeah. Um, I was no good at sports. I hated sports. Uh, and I, mm. I, I negotiated out of sports on the understanding that I wasn't going to try hard in sports. Uh, yeah. So they were going to get wound up. They were going to end up having to put me in detention. And it was it was a conversation we had like this with the, with the head of the games department, as they were back then. And I said, look, if I can get myself, if I can get me, my history teacher and my art teacher and my English teacher to let me go and sit in the classes they're running when I should be in games... Well, you just ignore the fact that I'm I'm not there. And he went, yeah, but you've got to do it. So I had to go around and beg, beg these three teachers. And so all the things, if you like, that are connected to me gaming, you know, obviously, you know, being able to read, being able to paint and being able to actually, you know, read something interesting all came together. So I found myself sitting for six periods, you know, a good three hours a week, either painting, doing my history homework, which yeah. which meant I wasn't doing mystery own work at night, which meant I could paint yeah. figures for a living, which meant I could buy yeah. big armies and pretty much single-handedly keep up the English war game industry, I think. Um, <laughs> and and again, with, with English. And so I could just, I could literally, I could just get out of doing, doing something I didn't want to do and do something that interested me. And it's just one of those things. I think, I think if you're a gamer, if you can't read, you've got a problem. Mm. You know, at the same time, Gaming, I I know people that have learned to read from you know reading the old you know gaming books, the old like Warlock of Firetop yeah. Mountain. They're a great yeah. they're a great tool. Um, mm. So yeah, and the writing just kind of came off that because it started off me just I I, I said to me I, I said to my wife two thousand and it was oh Chris, uh, Christmas two thousand and eleven. I'd 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 gone to see a friend of mine in town and have the the Christmas mooch around the games game stores in Sheffield. Something we've done from about 1983. Uh, we've done it every year, and up until COVID, we carried it on. You know, a mate of mine came back for three days from Japan, uh, who I'd not seen for 25 years, and we were straight out Christmas Eve. We went on. It's called <laughs> the round here. It's called the Mooch. Are you going up Mooch? Yeah. Are you going up Mooch, lad? Ah, I'm going up Mooch. And we just used to go around game shops as kids, and as adults, I think it just became something we did just for the sake of doing it. Um, and a friend of mine, I, I, I was feeling really down, 2011, and he said, "Look, he said you've 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 done all right. He said you've raised a family, you've got a house. Mm. He said you've you've had some good, you know, you've you've had a good job. You've been civil service. You've proved yourself." Mm. Uh, he said, "Why don't you write your memoirs down?" Mm. And I thought, really, he said, "Look, he said the stories that you tell in pubs, the stories that you tell at conventions, and you've you've heard some of it. You know, you've stood and suffered me at conventions again a couple of times." Write them down. So I said to my wife, "Can I can I take a can I take a, a week off work to see how chapter one goes?" She says, "Yeah, we've got mm. we've got enough money coming in. Yeah, just you know, you you just do house cleaning while you're at it." So I sat down, you know, put my untressed Thompson glasses on and pen out my mouth, 
and uh, I wrote a chapter and really enjoyed it. Read it back and thought, yeah, I think there's something here. I think mm. there's something here. I'm no J.K. Rowling, thank God, but and it, it went. I said to her, "Can I?" Have, it came out. She she gave me three months. She gave me three months paid leave, in essence, um, which was good because I'd just started up full time painting. So you know, really, I was, I was taking taking a risk on tipping my business, you know, into the into the briny, and it it paid off. And it actually, it, it originally went to a, a company that specialises in war games publishing. And apparently one of the luminaries in our hobby of much repute and ancient uh, mm. ancient wisdom said that if they published this book, he'd pull, mm. he'd pull all his... Uh, well, it's all right, because I've got a better deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very much... It was very much... My blog is very much a child of of the book, mm. um, which has the same title, Real Life's, Real Life's a Bugger. Uh, a tale of sex dragons and rock and roll, which is which <laughs> yeah, was, like which that. was the eighties for me. It was either yeah. I was either listening to what people what certain people call clothiered progressive rock. Yes, I was trying to get off with girls and yep. playing every game. You know, a lot of role playing games. And as I said, the book was kind of aimed at that market, even though there's war gaming stuff in it. That was the market you were aiming for, and that was that was the eighties for me. You know the the. I think I, I mean two out of three is not bad. So you know the uh, the dragons and rock and roll went really well. I think the <laughs> we'll, not, we'll not we'll not talk about the the other one, but yeah. uh, it, it panned out well in the end. I buffed up all right as I got older. Yeah, got there in the end. But yeah, it is it is sort of it's something I do. I like as you can probably tell. I like to communicate. I like to I like to spin a yarn, and I think the writing for me now is a way to preserve my memories. But the memories of you know other people I've known mm. and met and you know loved and hated you know that yeah. I respect every one of them, um, and it's it's time you know it is we are unfortunately now to see getting all maudlin and morbid. A lot mm. of us now are starting to wake up and find out we've got one friend less in the morning. My apologies here. This is where the recording cut off and uh, we had to go back and go on to uh, a different recording device, different recording setup, and uh, we covered a couple of other subjects. So apologies, this section's missing, but back to the interview now. Um, we were just talking about um satanic panic uh your miniatures range um so it's all a bit weird shit i believe it's very weird shit yeah um basically it's as you can tell it's kind of it's a, it's a homage to the satanic panic of the 1980s mm. when anybody who played a role-playing game was summoning satan uh, if yeah. it was that it if it were that easy i'd have got more owns and more tails than i've already got so basically the idea was that I wanted to recreate the figures that were, you know, that, that I loved as a kid and, yeah. you know, friends loved and the, this old hammer movement that's going now. Yeah. It's very much about the old aesthetic. So what I decided to do was get, you know, really nice, really nice sculpts done mm. by decent sculptors. Um, the best sculptor I've got in my opinion is Martin Buck, who was an ex foundry sculptor. 
and we're on the same vibe. I can just give Martin an idea and he'll run with it and come back with a set of sketches. Mm -hmm. And I think I've only once in about eight or nine ranges now actually had to say to him, no, no, I want it like this. So it's a really good, you know, symbiotic relationship. Uh, but we put a twist on it as where, where is the old figures with, you know, single piece castings. Mm. We went for multi-piece, you know, multi-part castings. Again, harping back to, you know, the likes of QT models uh, and Lamin, uh, you know, another, oh, another classic. Bill Lamin. Oh, Bill Lamin yeah, Bill yeah. Lamin, yeah. Yeah, rest in peace. So basically, that's that's what it is. Now, it is mostly fantasy, but um, we have got a range of, I say we, it's me, it's just me. That's it. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a hobby. Um, yeah. I've got I've got a beautiful range of Mongols. Some beautiful characters, but all the horse archers are all split torso, so it stays with that multi-part, you know, philosophy as far yeah. as I can. Um, makes it very, very easy for people to have massive units with a lot of movement in them, and that's the whole ethos behind Satanic Panic is creating nice figures, fairly priced. the The rub to it is, even though I've kickstarted everything, I've, I've got production molds, I've got you know um, master molds. I've not actually opened my web store yet, so I've got. Ah, massive, right. I've got this massive <laughs> fan following, and yeah. people seem to people think it's my day job. And I'm saying to them, look, no, actually, I'm a figure painter. Yeah, you know, I'm a figure painter. I've got to do it in my spare time. So it got further com uh, complicated by the fact that I built a I built a cracking little website, and then the the company that owned the platform changed platforms, which wiped all the store out. No, and of course, Nightmare. as I've said. The multi-parts, there's about 14 different ranges, multi-part. So it's all now going to be, you know, re-photographed, rebuilt mm, yeah. and done, which I'm hoping to do this summer. But I'm getting a lot of love from people because I'm using the really? same ethos, the same mm. ethos that I do with my painting. I'm yeah. approachable. You can talk to yeah. me. You can tell me if you want something, if it can be done, and I think it'll eventually, mm. you know, make a profit uh, or just make a penny. If it, if it, yeah. it breaks even, it's good. Uh, it's just something I always wanted to do. It's kind of like a bucket list. I kind of went, you know, write a book, <laughs> have kids, own a yeah. game shop. Yeah, done that. Make me game shop look like games workshop in that. Yeah, done that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, blown it. Yeah, done that. Miniatures company. Go on then. Let's see how hard it is. Can't be that. And actually, it's not that, not that, it's not that difficult when you've actually got mm. people, you've got people that, A, that people that are interested, B, people that are behind you doing it, and C, people that understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So as I say, I've got this. Uh, it really is a nice range, um, mm. but I don't. I don't own one of my own figures, as I said earlier. Yeah. Um, in fact, I've just today decided I'm going to use some of mine in the in the weird shit project because why not? <laughs> yeah. Project Project Weird Shit. You've, <laughs> you've, you've named it for me there. Ken. Um, so yeah, yeah. I hold you responsible for Project Weird Shit. Weird EWS. shit. EWS. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's. I mean, that's basically what it is. It may also be that I do. There's, there's one or two English Civil War pieces that nobody makes. I'm not going to yeah. tell you what they are, but it's mm. it's particular ways that that troops fought or moved around the battlefield. That mm. no, well, blow it if somebody does it, they do it. Um, musketeers up behind a a cavalry figure for mm. Royalist flying columns. Nobody yeah. makes one, so that's something that the multi part thing works really well with because we can go with two basic bodies mm. on a horse vary the horses but put head variants on yeah you know so you can actually make you can finally make that that flying column mm. with musketeers behind a cavalry figure on one horse nobody's done it they're a real thing you know yeah 
Oh well, um, yeah, it sounds. Well, I really, think I think I think the yeah. joy with the joy with miniatures ranges, what um, how you're doing it is is you can do what you are really into, rather yeah. than doing it just for the sake of it. It's like I really want this. I think people will want it. I'm going to get that made. Yeah, I mean it's cost. I mean, if I'm honest with you, it's cost me thousands. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm I'm still. I mean, just just this year alone, I sat and worked out um, one kind of one project, which is we're going to get weird again. Is dwarves? Dwarves. I, I want it. Dwarves are dwarves. Dwarves. And what I want to do is not just have a range of dwarves, but have mm. have dwarves that you know you've got different clans. So I've got four yeah. or five different you know distinct looks that mm. can be used together or exclusively. But we're looking at, I think we worked it out at 26 moulds, you know, to get a production mould and to get a, mm. a master mould. Mm. And it's, it's not, to get it done properly, it's not a cheap thing, you know. So yeah. I'm not generating income from it. So I if I treat it like a hobby, I yeah. don't break into tears when I'm looking at a four-figure a four, a four bill for moulds. I just yeah. treat it as part of my hobby. And mm. I think once I get fed up, fed up with throwing money in, then I'll try and make some money with it, and I've no doubt it's going to do it. But yeah. uh, you know, as as you say that uh, it's not something I've, I've I'm into, but I, I am aware of the old hammer scene and that style of figure and that style of gaming is it's kind of um, coming back into into play now. Yeah, um, I, I, th I guess like most generations of hobbyists not everyone goes through this but they they kind of they're into it heavily in the teens and the early 20s then they meet someone they get married they have kids and then the kids start going to school and they go i've got a bit more spare time now remember that old that warhammer i used to do yeah and then they'll they'll go into the games workshop store like you were saying and get mugged yeah uh, and go fuck this i don't want that that's exactly uh, what it is yeah and and come to you know, where can I get figures that are like what I used to have? Well, I mean, I mean, as I said, the, the way I worked is when actually I, I ran a Kickstarter for one of the Rangers, and one of the backers came to me and said, "Could we have some more heads?" I said, "Well, yeah, but you know," he said, "Well, no, 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 I don't mean, will you add them in? If I pay, yeah. if I if I pledge X amount, will you mm. make me?" I said, "Yeah, you can. What do you want?" He said, four heads." So I got him a quick yeah. quote from from Martin. Yeah. And I said, look, this is what it's going to cost you to get them made. I don't, you know, I'll I'll drop them into a mould. They'll fit into one of the moulds. Yeah. And the guy went, brilliant. Can I have one like this, one like this, one like this? <laughs> he automatically, if you can imagine, if you've got 10 bodies and 10 heads, mm. you've got 100 different figures. If you've got five different weapons that you can put in the hands, you've suddenly yeah. got 500 figures. And then if you've got 10 shields, mm. you've got this exponential jump to 5,000 figures from two moulds potential yeah. and this is yeah. what people like because if they want to make them all the same they can you know stick them all into identical poses mm. but most people put it's we're back to that thing that we were talking about with the elite miniatures about yeah. how you twist them well they can do that but they can also twist the head the weapon they can change the shield and all of a sudden they've got what's in essence you know a unit of 40 of the same body with head variants and shields makes it very easy for them to paint a totally different you know, totally different set yeah. of figures. They can get the rhythm going on the bodies a bit slower on the heads, a bit slower on the weapons. Mm. But they get a 40-figure unit where every figure, they, they're almost their figures. You know, they, I make the lead, but wow, that figure looks when they've done it. 
that's their business. But we've done it yeah. even down to even down to a range that's fifteen millimeters high. Uh, some you know lesser goblins, the fifteen mil high, yeah. and they've yeah. got separate heads, separate weapons, separate shields. <laughs> I nearly broke Martin Book, the sculptor. He did a, he did a fantastic did a fantastic job for me, brilliant job. But I nearly broke him, and then and then I broke. I definitely broke him when I said, "Can you do this with seventy five millimeter high giants?" <laughs> and I, if you, it's a, yeah, the clever bastard did it. So he's created, he's, he's kind of created figures very similar to the old Citadel multi-part giants uh, in terms of build and the general style and the feel of them. But mm. he's gone one further. He's actually done them with split torsos. So they've got all the yeah. loose parts the originals had and then all these split torsos. You can make these fantastic variants, you know, pieces yeah. that I've, you know, I've not thought about it. And people are sending me pictures. And it's just, it's not about, it's not about the money. If I break even getting a range getting a range imagined and created. That's brilliant. Oh. For break even, fantastic. If I don't, I take a hit. But mm. actually seeing something, you know, seeing something that not just I've got a passion for, but mm. the sculptor's got a passion for, the mold yeah. maker's got a passion for, and the people that want the figures have got a passion for. Mm. It's rewarding, you know, in, in this day and age, you know, you can't you can't really buy buy that feeling, that buzz you get. I mean obviously yeah. you're paying money to get it, but you can you can't just like magic it. It's it's a no, I th- I th- yeah. I, I think one right. of the things that one of the things that I've got from doing this podcast is is how smaller manufacturers um, have that love for what they do. Yeah. Um, and you know, Ian McDonald from Flags of War, he he puts his heart and soul into what he does and the figures that he produces are stuff that he's interested in. And it's like, like you're saying there, I'm not that bothered if I may, you know, I've got a day job that pays what I need. Yeah. And then if I could break even absolutely fantastic. And I think I, I, it's like that X factor that, that you, it's hard to quantify of where that extra love and joy comes from it. But I think you, you can see it in the figures for, for, people who are really really doing it because they want to do it yeah i mean make a big book the the great thing i've got with with martin the sculptor is he knows me so well now after about four or five years of us you know going backwards and forwards mm. i mean i'll be on holiday in, you know christmas and i'll i'm with one range uh it was for some um step you know step step nomad inspired dwarves mm. And I was sat during lockdown outside at a garden centre after Christmas thinking, I'm out in fresh air, it's brilliant. Big, you know, big sausage sandwich in my hand, cup of tea, my missus. And there's a guy sat, in, guy sat kind of facing me, got his back to me, but, you know, I'm looking at mm. a front bike and he's got, oh, you know, Viking haircut, little Viking. He's only about five foot six. Yeah. And, I was, and I'm, I'm thinking, that's an idea for some weird shit. Yeah. I contact Martin. <laughs> Martin Martin's, Martin's still in a, a Christmas dinner coma and he's got yeah. me mail, me texting him saying martin i've got this idea straight away came back that enthusiasm you've got something yeah. mark go for it yeah. you know do it yeah and it's it's working with people like that that i find it's really really and it's just amazing because you're sharing your love in different degrees uh, and the fact that he knows how i work and what i want and i know what he can do and sometimes he doesn't know that mm. he can do what i'm asking but he does it yeah, it I, I think I think he. Yeah. I bet he enjoys that challenge as well. I yeah, bet he I think, enjoys being pushed. I think he enjoys the challenge. I just don't think he enjoys the initial message from me saying, "I've got this idea." You know, generally it's an yeah. "I've got this idea," 
uh, and then it, it goes downhill. But then he'll send me a sketch. And he'll sneak something in that I've not thought about, and yeah. I'll think that looks like this figure from whenever. And I'll say to him, <laughs> I've, Martin, I've got this, and he'll just come back. You know, we'll, we'll kind yeah. of cross cross swords, and he'll say, "Ah, oh, you fell into me trap," because yeah. I've not thought of something that he wants to do. I'm quite happy to do mm. it if it works. If it yeah. works, and it's a brilliant way to work because it's not short of me, uh, you know, bankrupting myself. I do tend to run things by people and say, would you be interested in? And if I think yeah. there's enough momentum on the Panic mm. Panic Facebook page, I'll do yeah. it. You know, and people might say, well, yeah, we'd like this. But in return, Mark, if we mm. back you on this, we'd like to see, yeah, yeah, fine, I can do it. We can, yeah. we can, you know, we can do it. And it's it's really, really, it's it's a it's wonderful, actually, in a day where everything this mm. we've got this 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 time we're living now where everything's big box and you get what you're given. To actually hand some of that power back to your client base, you know, mm. and make them really engage, make them feel that they're part of the process, is 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 something I never thought I'd do. You know, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I don't play well with others, so the yes. fact that I'm now able to, you know, the fact that I'm now able to to do that is yeah. is a bonus for me. You know, it's like actually, yeah, I'm not the only, you know, lover of weird shit. Yeah, you know, um, with the same quirks, the same. It's great. It, it, I can't, I can't. I can't, you know, I just can't yeah. find words for it a lot of time. It's just, yeah. just gives me, gives me a buzz, gives me a buzz. I, I, I just love, I just love the fact now that there's some five foot six Viking looking guy from the Barnsley area, from the Barnsley area. He's got no idea that he's inspired a range of figures, and he has, he has, and he has, you know, he has. He's, he's there. And if I ever meet him, I shall, I shall buy him, a, I shall buy him a bacon bap. Uh, he'll get a, he'll get he'll get a sausage butty. I'll have to explain to him. Probably get a broken nose doing it. But excuse yeah. me, mate. You know, five years ago, yeah, you 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 inspired me to make a little toy soldier based on you, smack. You know, fantastic. I bet I better be over the moon. I better be over will, the moon. Yeah. Should be absolutely like fantastic. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just before we go, mate, yeah. just before we finish off, we've got to mention uh, your TV stardom. We mentioned it at the start. Stardom, yeah. <laughs> Stardom, yeah. <laughs> was it uh, Model Town? I think it was. It called, was. It, it was mod. It was Model Town. Uh, yeah. I think it was. I think it was episode episode thirteen, and literally half the show. It was Discovery Shed that ran it, and uh, mm. Spartan Games had got the got the teeth into that. Right, and okay. uh, they said, you know, can you come down and give a painting, give a painting thing? I said, yeah, yeah, I can, I can come down. So we went down, mm. myself and Kate. You know, X o'clock in the morning on a train. Neither of us drove back then. Down to, down to Reading, connected from Reading out to the middle of nowhere. And uh, we, we, we we filmed, you know, loads of terrain painted by Kate, big Norman Keats. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing the, this is how you paint a figure, but let's keep it simple for stupid, you know. And this guy's, yeah. this guy's trying to keep up. And it's all very, very simple stuff. Great, great, great day out. Apart from nobody putting any catering on. Oh, at which point, to her credit, a credit, mm. my missus lost her rag, absolutely lost her rag, and said, "Right, go out, go out, take some yeah. money to to Neil, uh, Neil, the guy that ran Spartan, fetch mm. me this, 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 and this." She mm. then proceeded to put on a buffet. Oh, nice! Because when she went to school, she she actually had a part time job catering before she found real world, and she does it. She does a damn good. Northern Buffy, you know, it's going, oh, every, perfect. Every, everything you want bar the tripe. We'll, we'll save that for other place of it, Ill. And, uh, <laughs> and she, she she catered for them. And then yeah. come end of the day, we had all on to try and get Costa's train tickets back. So, uh, yeah, talk about 
and the cheeky buggers never never, never sent me a copy. I had to wait until somebody said, oh. no, this, so honestly. Oh, I thought there would have been a DVD sent to you and, oh. The only, the only way you can get it now, it's it's on YouTube. But it, it was really good because the it to say it was actually a model railway programme where half the programme yeah. focused on building this layout and how you went. Mm. And then they looked at other things. So there'd be, you know, uh, basic modelling, military modelling, wargaming as an mm. offshoot. Brilliant idea. Long, long, uh, long overdue. You know, there's too many divisions mm. between model railways and war games and military yeah. modelling. Uh, and those need closing up. But... Um, yeah, really, really good day. Me making a bigger fool of myself than I've made today. Still got, <laughs> still got long hair and blonde tints in at that stage. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, I just just got back off holiday when they said, "Can you come down and do this?" So I was still, still surf fresh from Newquay. Um, oh, brilliant! Still, well, still, it, still reasonably yeah. toned. <laughs> it, it, it's nice to see a bit of war gaming and a bit of modelling on telly from every now and again. And um, yeah, it's... I think we get a bit of a. a, a Duff deal on it, really. The, the, but I, mean, I suppose YouTube has now taken over. Yeah. Um, and you choose what you want to watch. We get a duff deal because the first people they go to are Games Workshop, and they are not the gatekeepers of the hobby. I'm risking a, I'm risking a, risking a rant here and a backlash, but they're not. <laughs> they're not. They, they are. They are two different disciplines, and I think what they need to do is certainly a couple of triples before triples close down. Uh, before it closed its doors, we had the Times came up. The Times wanted to talk to women in oh. war games. So they sent a, a female reporter up. So they got a female reporting perspective. Mm. Brilliant. Fantastic. Talking mm. to women who were actually, you know, not just not just the old cliche of eye candy. There were yeah. women who were actually actively gaming or were in the industry. Uh, and it did, it did change things. And it opened it up. It showed it as a more family-friendly, Less of the misogyny that we used to have, yeah. You know, we're all we're all guilty of a smart ass quip now and again. And anybody who says they're not from the old mm. days, you're a liar, and I'm calling yeah. you out. <laughs> um, you're up there with the people that walk around in pilot jackets at conventions, like like they're on storage wars. You know, yeah. They bust around from from stand to stand, shouting what they want and pushing women and kids out at way. Well, that's another one of my rants, which we won't have today. Yeah. You can follow that on me blog, people. Uh, but you know who you are, and I will get you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, it really opened it up and we need more like that but we need people to see that yes there are a lot of women in um, in fantasy gaming because it's just an easier it's it's an easier if you like entrance point you know because a lot of them have read mm. vampire books or fantasy mm. books at school or you know whatever but I think I think women in women in the historical war gaming side of things is is long overdue much more mm. needed and I'll tell you what there's a, a lot of men could learn from playing against the missus. Show the missus how to play. They'll, they'll uh, yeah, they'll have you. Yeah, they'll have you around the corner. My missus did the first time she played me. <laughs> uh, yeah, W W R G Ancients, Ooh, oh, sixth edition. She gave me the pasting of a lifetime. I've never forgotten that. And she was pregnant as well, so she was dealing oh, with all of that. And oh. That's how we. That's how we got through a pregnancy. She war gamed at three and four o'clock in the morning when she couldn't sleep. Yeah, we went. We went downstairs. She could sit comfortably on the floor, and we'd we'd dig out big Macedonian and Celt armies that we both got back, you know, mm. 30, 35 years ago, and uh, and she got through a pregnancy, and that's what really got her into wargaming, you know. And she she ran she ran the shop. She mm. people know her on the on the wargaming scene. Uh, so as we wind to the end, then, mate. Yes. Um, 
you get a chance to ask me a question if you want. You don't have to, but you, you can ask me a question at the end. Right, go on then. If there's, <laughs> if there's one thing from the past, see, we, we, we've, we've focused a lot on the past. Yeah. If there's one thing from, from the past, um, hobby-wise, for you, mm. that you could kind of like reinvigorate and bring back now that you think would improve the hobby... This is a difficult one. This, you know, you know what could you know what what from the past could you bring could you bring to the you know could you bring to the present to make the hobby better than it seems to be now? That's a tough one. Thank you. Oh, I, 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 I need a bit of thinking about thinking. I get me thinking cap on. Do you, do you want to come back in episode forty six with that one? Yeah, <laughs> come back. Fucking Mark stumped me. <laughs> no, right. I, Go I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I'm going to say. Um, this might be controversial, but it might get me to trouble. You I know, hope so. I, I don't care. <laughs> um, I would like to bring back, um, and I've had a little bit of this recently with the um, with my um, Garibaldi stuff. I'd like to bring back the joy of discovering new ranges and new periods, and yes. searching for things and working to get an end product i don't one of the great things one of the great things about the hobby today is that you can get virtually anything that you want yeah like that and it's there and that is great in some ways but in other ways i quite enjoy the chase and i quite enjoy the looking for things and you know that feeling that you would get going into a shop and finding something that you couldn't buy or you could not you've yeah. looked for years to absolutely buy it and it's yeah. there and you think bastard i'm buying it whereas yeah. now you just type it in in ebay or google or wherever and bang it's there and you buy yeah. it and it's instant yeah. gratification and there's something that is we've kind of lost well i i feel i've lost in that search and chase looking for things uh to do with a to do with a to do with a period or whatever so yeah. these garibaldi and stuff that i've done and my papal forces in the french i've got figures from american civil war ranges from triple alliance ranges um stuff that i've converted myself and i've had to work to get it all together as a yeah. project yeah and i and i, I Gotta be honest, I've enjoyed that, and that's what yeah. I'd like to bring back. And I have in a little Excellent. bit away with that. Yeah, good right. choice. That, that yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a quick one from me. The first time I found a set of Vietnam rules was in mm. Games Workshop in about 1983, and mm. it was the body count rules body by count. Uh, yeah. by Injury. There were no, there were no Vietnam rules. It mm. was a, still a taboo. It was still a very difficult thing to war game. And now they ten a penny. And like you yeah. say, I found this set of rules. Then I found figures. I went up to Liverpool with my dad when he, he'd, mm. he'd gone out to, he was a stock taker for a furniture company, auditor. Mm. And he'd gone to do an audit on a branch. Oh, there's, there's games in Liverpool, massive games. Oh, yes. Ooh, yes, I, I love that. On that. Yeah. I love that store. Yeah. Went Loved in it. there, plat Platoon 20, bought every figure I needed. Then I'd got mm. to get the books. Yeah. So Osprey, uh, there was no no internet. You got to physically find out. Then you spoke to people. Then you got to, you know, you, you actually sometimes met somebody who'd been there. Yeah. As, you know, and it's and you you built a picture up and you you know and you 
he had to really work for it. So yeah, I think yeah, what you've said there makes a lot of sense to me because there's not the search and half of the fun for me as a kid was the research and getting a yeah. drop on somebody else. And look, I've got this, you know, you've, yeah. you've got a big drop on people with this Garibaldi. You've had yeah. me, you've had me so close. <laughs> you had me so close to a four figure purchase. I'm not yeah. kidding. Uh, and yeah. I'm not going to give in to you. Uh, not this year anyway. It's weird, it's weird shit or bust, but yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, that's a brilliant answer. Thank you. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Well, that just leaves us to uh, say for me to thank you very much, Mark, for all your time today. We've had a little bit of technical trouble here and there, but you've stuck with it. So thank you very much for this. Um, and um, time to say good night to everyone. So, yep. Well, uh, good night to everybody. And if you know me, I'm very sorry. And if you don't know me, I'm very sorry. And Ken, just thanks for thanks for being a great host. No worries. Anytime, mate. Good night, right, everyone. Thank you. So there we go. Another podcast is over and uh, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Mark. I certainly did. Massive apologies uh, with the technical failure and the loss of a big section of the interview. Uh, but as I said at the start, I shall uh, invite Mark back on and hopefully we will be able to get down a recording about his painted business conflict in colour. So we will be recording Bruising the Binyard uh, next Wednesday. Uh, and as I said at the start, got any questions, drop them through to yorkshiregamer at gmail.com. And if you are relatively new to this podcast, might even be your first one, um, then Yorkshire Gamer is around on various social media. We're on I am on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. So just search for Yorkshire Gamer. That's with an A, so Yankee Alpha Romeo Kilo Sierra Hotel India Romeo Echo Gamer uh, in uh, any search engine, and you will find all the stuff that I do. And if you get chance, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. All that helps to increase the I can't remember what it's called the profile of the podcast and uh, bumps up those lists so that people get an opportunity to see what's here and then maybe give it a listen and uh, i know there's quite a few of you out there and the audience for these episodes keeps growing and growing and growing and some are topping three thousand uh, listens on various formats which is absolutely amazing and uh, if you've got anybody into gaming you think might be interested in uh, giving it a listen then uh, give them an introduction as well so until next time see you later.